This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 273, A Guide to Technology. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. What is this episode two or something? Technology? How you? How are we just gonna come in here? Explain this to me. We're just. This is just like you know the two hundred and seventy third episode of this podcast, yeah. and we're just yeah. gonna. We just now got to tech. Is that what just happened? We just well, now are getting so, around to it. It's funny because I was talking to my roommates about um, how our podcast worked because uh, we were just talking about podcasts in general, and they were asking about like how, how what Space Cats was like at the beginning because they they don't listen, so they don't really sure. know. And I was like, well, you know what's funny is the way our podcast works is we're like almost on 300 episodes. And in the first five, we talk about the whole game. (laughs) So the first five episodes, we cover all the stuff you'd think would need to be talked about, basically. And then ever since those first five episodes, we're kind of just like, and do you remember that thing we said before? Now, let's really just talk about that, Uh you know? uh And also, let's talk about all the ways we were wrong before. It's a podcast that's allowed itself to be wrong for four and a half years, basically. I ain't been wrong. I ain't (laughs) been wrong in a minute. The whole arc of the show where we're just like, oh, we're wrong about everything. I'm at a point now where I've spent so much time with Mm -hmm. this game Mm -hmm. that when people say I'm wrong, even if I am wrong... right. I'm not in my own head. Sure. That's where I got sure. to. But let me, we should do some errata real quick. Uh, just to, just to get it out of the way here. I've got some okay. errata. I didn't do it last week cause I had a guest on. I'm not going to waste Absol's time with errata, but Don't I haven't waste Absol's time. Exactly. Uh, I have errata though for the Alliance episode that we did Hunter. Um, and the first one here is from Brassbird. Uh, I don't know if anyone has made this correction yet, but the player who receives a planet from their ally does have to have at least one unit on that planet. That is something that came up, and I think I said that that wasn't the case or whatever, which is crazy. It's like right there. It's There's one page of rules, and one of the sentences in it, one of the like 30 sentences, is that you have to have at least one ground force or structure on the planet to transfer uh, ownership of a, of yeah, a planet. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't know what to say that weren't on me, bro. I yeah, mean, I, was me. I, I've just been playing and I was like, I swear we were doing that. Yeah. And then it was just like this crazy thing. I think because you know? well, in my just... alliance game, we just haven't even been trading planets really at all. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a second errata here. Uh, this one's from Schroeder. In case anyone hasn't errata you yet, uh, you do have to have at least one ground force or structure on the planet to uh, swap the planet. So that was something I got wrong uh, in the last episode in the alliance episode Wait, of is of, that? Uh, is that a different that's a different one no, no it's just saying that you know that you have to do the planet thing um anyways i've got one more oh, here okay. it's Let, from risbobo oh. uh and at around 32 minutes matt says that you can just swap planets with your ally with no restriction when redistributing tokens but that's wrong right the player that receives the planet needs to have um units on it right uh and then oh there's this other one here i've got one more errata here sorry <clears throat> this is from oh, okay. the jacob yeah, just one, yeah, maybe just like uh, one for more. the alliance you do have to have a unit on the planet uh, that you receive from an ally so that's a that's an important thing here uh so matt you know when you like trade planets mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. an al- the alliance variant yes. you actually do have to have uh 
uh, unit. It's funny you say or that. No, I wait, have. You I don't. have. No, no, no. Wait. I don't think you have to have a unit on it. Well, so that's no, what no, we I'm said, sorry, that's, that's what no, we that's said wrong. in the episode. That's, but I have a. I have some errata here from Old Man GI, which is just that you need <laughs> a unit to switch the control from ally to ally. Um, sorry, two more here. Just, just two more. Uh, oh, Kaluin. Okay, Kaluin says I haven't listened to the episode nor read any of the comments, but just checking to verify that Matt knew that you require an ally's unit on a planet in order to trade it to them. Oh, okay, okay, hold up, hold up. I got some hot new oh, errata yeah, yeah, let's hear coming it. in right now. If you'll just open the um, uh, episode 271 alliance mode errata. Yes. Um, I, there's some new, a hot new one coming in right now. Mm-hmm, Matt, mm-hmm. let's see, what is it saying? Um, well, before, you, well, while you get to that one, there's one from Whisper yeah. here that it says, uh, did somebody already errata SCPT about being wrong about needing a unit on the planet before swapping with your ally? Uh, so no, we hadn't yeah. got that yet, so uh, appreciate Appreciate we got a new one, one. Oh. Uh, Matt. Could you read this new one that yeah. we just got in? This one's yeah. from Cowboy Hunter. Uh, today <laughs> at one twenty-three p.m. Thursday, November tenth. Matt, you need units on the planet to swap <laughs> a planet with an ally. Thank you, Hunter, for that wonderful errata. So yeah, yeah. I think that That's, covers. Oh, did you pin it? Oh, thank you for pinning yeah, it. Yeah, pinned you it pin for it? you. Uh, <laughs> if anybody else, feel free to come. Let me know. Um, you know what would be cool is if just if you want to be real cool listener um, sit on this idea for like a hundred (laughs) episodes and in episode 371 be like um excuse me Matt in episode 271 alliance mode yeah you said, no, 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 that's going to happen because we save these episode channels. That, so this episode channel is never going to technically go away. It's just going to go into right. the archive. But uh, yeah, this is, I don't think this one, this one's going away. I will pin it every single time. And then if we reach our 50 pin limit, I will continue. I'll, I'll condense, I'll blarg uh, the pins and we will, uh, we will be able to add more pins. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What a, what a good use of our time here <laughs> on this show. You yeah, know, on this already definitely going to be three hour long episode because no. we have to talk about all the tech. Uh, no let's way. Waste five this minutes. one is not going to be three hours long. <laughs> I, I, I'll die before this is. This is just tech, okay? Mm-hmm. We talk about tech every single episode. Right. This is just an opportunity. Honestly, this episode is just about us talking about all the tech. But it's about us mostly talking about the ones we don't talk about every this week, which episode, is actually quite a few of them. This episode is called Doctor Technology or How I Learned to Stop uh, Whatever the Thing Is and Start Loving Blue Tech. That's all that this today's episode okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to edit it just a little yeah. bit. Doctor Tech Love. Yes. Okay. Or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Integrated Economy. <laughs> you know, that's... That's what it is. Sure, sure. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, let's. I think we should dive right into it. And I think the thing we wanted to preface all of just like talking about individual texts is, I think it's important to catch ourselves back up to speed now. Three codex codices are out. POK is out. All, we have all this stuff. Tech has changed a, a number of ways since base game. Um, so where does tech come from, and how mm-hmm. much do we expect to have? in a single game of Twilight Imperium these days? Like, how much tech should we actually be thinking about acquiring on average? Right. Yeah, I actually think this is kind of an interesting subject because we've never really talked about tech in sort of a tempo-like way mm-hmm. as far as, like, how much tech do you get and how 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 much variance is there between mm-hmm. your expected, you know, maybe your your floor value right. for how much tech you're going to get and your tech ceiling because listing it all out here 
I kind of thought it was a little bit tighter than this. It right. actually seems like there are weird. You could get so much tech yes. in a game if you got lucky. Right. And that's crazy right. to right. think about. So the first and foremost thing is obviously the technology strategy card where the primary holder can get a free tech and then they can spend $6 to get a second tech. And then yeah. on the secondary, everybody can spend $4 in a strategy token to get a tech. So right. if we work under the assumption that every single round you will do the secondary of tech. Let's say you're just in a bad, so you just never can justify taking tech. Sure. You expect one tech per round, even assuming you can afford tech round one. And in POK days, we're sort of on an average of five rounds. Yeah. And even in the fifth round, you don't see tech always taken, right? So yeah. we're talking about on average, you're probably getting four to five techs on top of what you start with. Right. If you never take you the, never take the strategy card yourself. But you, you probably, you probably are will. attempting to take it at least once, so maybe widen that to like four to six. You probably get tech yeah. once. So your uh -huh. average is about five techs per game, a four to six yep. tech range of how much you can yep. expect to get, and everything else is sort of icing on the cake, or a way I would word it is you went hard on tech, right? If, if you got any more than the four to six, you sort of focused on tech a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You had kind of a focused research, perhaps, maybe, <laughs> uh, is like kind of what you went for. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, you know, kill me, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but now we're just going to talk about like all of the different random swerving yeah. that can give you even more tech. And there's more here. There's more here than I thought mm -hmm. um, was mm -hmm. actually here. Seeing it all listed like this makes it seem like a lot. The first we got is um, Enigmatic Device, which of course is in the Frontier deck, which yep. of course you need dark energy tap to even get so we already got to get a tech right. in order to get these other techs but um obviously dark energy tap is a blue tech so it's a good one and we will recommend it of course in the episode yeah. i mean of course in this episode <laughs> we're gonna say blue tech's pretty good you should probably get it you know i reserve the um, right to recommend blue tech today uh that's yeah we're speaking generically I, I i get to do that here if nowhere else yeah so we've got two cards in the uh, frontier deck that are both enigmatic devices of course those are ones where you as an action pay six resources to get a tech to research a tech yep. there's two of them in a deck of 20 okay so that's 10 percent yeah okay uh plus one more there is a card that gives you a relic and one of those relics is mauve worlds yes so let's call it 10.5 percent of the <laughs> it's probably it's much deck. less than that even but no yeah, i think it's fair no it's that's a fair, good math that's good math <laughs> that's really good math 10.5 percent of the frontier deck will give you a tech okay that's uh -huh. pretty good those are not bad odds right. of you getting another tech right from det and mauve worlds is notably not a research of a tech it is a gain of a tech which is something we have not defined yet but in this game you can research a tech and when you research a tech it has a requirement a required other values of text to have and you have to have those to get that right i if if there are two little if you have you yeah. have to qualify for having two yellow pips of tech to then get tech and that can come in other techs or it can come in planets that you have that you exhaust for a technology specialty yeah for skips or yep. it can come in the way of other things that say you may skip one prerequisite of some kind or whatever mauve worlds or anything else that says gain a tech ignores all of that and you can get literally anything it doesn't matter what the prerequisites are so mauve worlds is a way to like skip around enigmatic device is a research 
it's a, an action. It's in, in addition to our tech stuff. So they're both extras, but Mauve World is very, very specifically its own thing. Uh, in the action card world, there's a number of cards these days where uh, we used to just have focused research, which is to spend four trade goods specifically to get a technology, to research a technology, uh, which mm -hmm. is always, you know, pretty good, but you got to have the money to do it, which is easier now than ever. Trade goods are in a, a pretty good supply these days, so not too hard. And then your other three are reveal prototype, which is at the start of combat, spend four resources to research a unit upgrade technology of the same type as one of your units that is participating in this combat. Uh, so that's still a research. So you do have to have the prerequisites and you have to have the uh, tech itself the unit itself in that combat to get it. But it's right. like a quick, easy right. way to like get one of these unit upgrades out of the way. It's it's fine. It's honestly probably one of the worst of the action cards, although unit upgrades are great. So like it's good. But the fact that it's so limited in what you can specifically get is its own problem. And you have to start a combat. So like that's kind right. of like a difficult aspect of it, too, because it's like, you know, if I want Dread 2, I might have to just research Dread 2. I can't just go like yeah. activating and starting some major conflict just to pick up Dread 2 because now that's costing me a command token or whatever. It's almost only really set up for picking up something supplemental like Destroyer 2 mm -hmm. or something like that, I think mm -hmm. is what it's really good for. But yeah, overall, I feel like Reveal Prototype, if you are using it to get your primary unit upgrade, maybe you're just behind on tech in general yeah. or... You just don't, you know, you're you're just like desperate times, right. I guess, is yeah. kind of what, what it means for yeah. me. Yeah, I think it definitely feels generally more supplemental than that, basically. Like you're saying, yeah. it's just like, it just comes up. Uh, divert funding is as an action return, a non-unit upgrade, non-faction technology that you own to your technology deck, then research another technology. So this very specifically is not gaining, is not moving up in the amount of tech we have. This is not improving our tech yeah. tempo. It's cycling something out. You know, late game, you can throw out neural motivator that you're not using anymore. But then you are beholden to the prerequisites after you've given up one tech. So you always have to be careful, too. You can't, like, get rid of anti-mass and then get light wave if you don't, outside of losing anti-mass, have right. the prerequisites to get light wave. So it can be a trickier one to use. And again, it's not going up in tech tempo in any way. So this one's also kind of like a soft tech card. Focus research is obviously sort of the the top one here because it's just straight up research anything you want as a as an action. The last one is of course the old classic technology writer, which is just after an agenda is revealed, you do all the things. If you get the prediction correctly, you get a tech. You research a tech. It's great. Uh, no, no, nothing crazy there. And also, it's one that. Um, I would say is right there on the fence of people allowing you to get away with it, right? Yeah, it's, I would say, pretty easy. It's not like, it's not like Leadership Rider or something where you're getting a whole, whole lot of value. Although it depends on the faction, yes, right? So right. some factions getting one more tech seems to mean a lot more than others. You know, if it's like, I don't know, if it's Jolnar, I'm just gonna be like, well, they're gonna get it. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. They're just gonna get tech anyways. Yeah. Um, and also, like, with Jolnar, they can always do, like, a research agreement trade on Tech Rider anyway, yeah. so it's pretty easy to get people on your side, actually, if you're Jolnar when yeah. it comes to Tech Rider. But yeah, I I liked the way you put it, of just, like, it's, like, on the line, right? Yeah. It's, like, like it, it can... If, if that outcome you've selected we don't like, then Tech Rider can be a big deal, mm -hmm. but it is not a huge deal just on its own right um but it's also not nothing so right it's right in the middle 
I agree. Uh, so next up, we've got a handful of agendas. So, of course, the rest of these are much more random of <laughs> whether they come up or not, right? There's a lot of yeah. agenda cards, and we're only going to see a very small handful of these agenda cards. Uh, so, you know, we can't, we're not ever relying on these for tech to come up, whereas the action cards, like, you you see a decent number of action cards. Like, someone is probably getting at least one tech action card per game, right? That's right. That's probably a fair as- assumption. But we, there's going to be plenty of games where we never see a single tech agenda um and it's all it always feels like uh, a really rich game when we get a tech agenda suddenly this is a tech game everyone's popping off on the tech when any of these comes up uh so the first one is research grant allocation it's elect player the elected player gains any one tech of their choice then for each prerequisite on that technology they remove one token from fleet pool so this one's incredibly costly basically no one ever uses it to get anything except for a base level tech so that they don't lose any tokens. Uh, Late game, that can be like kind of meaningless, but if this comes up early, uh, it can, you know, unlock some huge potential. Someone someone who uh, is going to have difficulty making an excuse to go for gravity drive can suddenly get that DET to then get gravity drive next round or or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be something and it's going to be sort of worthwhile. I think that you know, scan link can suddenly become important, yeah. like in the late game sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, there it's always just like a way to get another easy qualification. Uh, maybe a late AI dev that's right. going to be into War Sons at the end of the game. I don't know, some sort of late extra weirdness. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a it, it's of the agendas that Grant Tech. I think this is like the weakest one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up is Galactic Crisis Pact, which is the one where you elect a strategy card and then everyone can do the secondary of it. Which means it can be tech because you could all vote for tech. And the hardest part of that one is to always remember that you still have to save the four dollars because you're doing the secondary. You have to spend four bucks, but it's in the agenda phase. So it's technically free, but it's out of your planets for future votes and stuff. I think tech is always the most common one people push for because uh, my favorite to go for on this agenda is imperial to get secrets but so often it's sort of like i don't know it's kind of nice that so and so isn't up on their secret tempo or what it's like sometimes it feels like you're giving up too much for everyone to just draw secrets whereas tech is this thing that isn't going to change like drastically change everyone's game but it's a nice improvement for everyone so it's just a really easy sell for the table to just sort of coalesce behind tech yeah, I wish in my games more people did that, Matt. Um, in my games, people always go for leadership, yeah, almost always. I don't get that at um, all. Because it's, it's, well, I mean, but it's a way it's for tokens. everyone to get free tokens. Right. You know what I mean? So, But it also makes it really complicated, right? So no one can really vote yeah. in order for leadership to actually make sense because mm-hmm. you can't be spending your influence before <laughs> the strategy card pops. So it's a little bit weird. I definitely have seen situations where the table was like, we all want leadership. And then like the last player was like, um, I vote two for tech. Let's do tech now. <laughs> right. Um, so that's cool. But I, w- I would say, I would say tech is like second most often to me mm-hmm. with like actually even sometimes construction getting mixed in there. I don't know. It's kind of a mess, but I think technology should be elected more. Yeah. I mean, I always want another tech. Right. I, who doesn't agree with me on that? You so know, let's many, all do it. The game is just more fun when there's more tech. So if anything too, if you're yeah. playing with a slightly more casual group, elect tech is the is the best way to go uh right next up is wormhole research 
uh, which is another one where it not, it's not necessarily going to grant tech, but the four of wormhole research is that each player who has one or more ships in a system that contains a wormhole may research one technology. Then you destroy all of the ships. Uh, but this one is notably the against is so punishing um, because you remove a token that the four happens quite often. Um, so you're yeah. very often destroying ships and gaining some tech. And so for some people, it's like, cool, I just... Uh, my tech cost me one destroyer that happened to be sitting in a beta and then someone is like my entire game plan is destroyed but i guess i got fleet logistics or something yeah i mean that's why you should like keep in mind that like you know ships hanging out it's not even just this agenda there right. is the other one that makes you lock them down right there's you know plenty of reasons to not have like good fleets sitting in wormholes obviously it's like not avoidable sometimes sometimes like the planet in front of your home system is lodor and like guess what there's gonna be ships there and if this happens then i'll be sad you know or yep. whatever at least you get a tech though out of the deal yeah uh and then finally there's the old classic ixthian artifact which first things first you have to make go four which is the only honorable thing to have happen so hopefully that's happening every single game for you because it is right yeah. and good and morally correct but then right. it's a die roll right the six to ten has to hit for everyone to get two technologies that's quite a that's a tempting offer friend uh two techs is a lot of techs to happen all in one moment that that ex that greatly accelerates like what is possible in this game um yeah and and everybody gets it which is yeah. pretty cool um, and also, it's, you know, wrong to put a rider on against. <laughs> um, it's wrong to put a rider on Ixthian either way. Yep. You may not play a rider when Ixthian Artifact comes up. If it comes up, it is not time to rider. Yeah. I am so sick. You know what I learned? these people ridering. <laughs> I learned on a stream recently that if one person breaks the vow, uh, people take that as permission to further break the vow. If someone yeah. puts an Imperial Rider on four on Ixthian, uh, someone else goes, oh, well, if they did that, then I get to put a politics writer wherever I want, and you don't uh -huh. get to insult me for it. And I, well, you and there's know only one other place I can put it, right? I, I just, and I think yep. all of that is wrong. You know what's worse? In the situation I'm talking about, we sabotaged Imperial Writer. So there wasn't actually a writer out there, and then they still put a politics writer because they said, listen, we've already broken the cardinal sin, so we just That's might funny. as well go for broke. So it was... I'll tell you this. Yeah. I mean, I know there's some people, there's like a few people that are like kind of fuming right now because um, I'm kind of doing a little bit of a joke uh, <laughs> because I, I have I have played a writer on Ixian Artifact. <laughs> but the thing is, you say whatever you say. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like you say stuff and the, they're all lies. All we're doing know, on whenever... this show is just playing Twilight Imperium and setting yeah. up situations that we can then, you know, either neglect or lean on later so yeah. it's, it's you know all of this is part of all future games for us yeah absolutely um okay so that's all for ixian artifact we still we actually have two more components yes. that i just remembered that we need to read great um there are two promissory notes that yep. grant technologies uh the first one is muat's promissory note fires of the gashlai which is as an action remove one token from the muat player's fleet pool return it to their reinforcements then gain your War Sun unit upgrade technology mm -hmm. card. Okay, so this is just get War Suns, but uh, you know it had like this like kind of moment when POK first came out where it felt like Muat was just giving out the War Sun tech to everybody. What happened to that? Can we keep doing that? <laughs> I thought that was a good deal. Yeah. I mean, it maybe wasn't great for Muat, but it was pretty good for everybody else. Why aren't Muat players just selling Fires of the Gashlight for cheap? What happened to that? I miss that, yeah, you I know? Miss, I miss the fun Muat players. And then, and then we got all Rasmus sciency on it and decided that they are an optimized faction or something. Nah, Ew. no Ew. way. Uh, and then the second one, of course, is, and we sort of mentioned it earlier, but it's Joel Nars 
research agreement, which is to yeah. allow someone to research the tech that Jolnar just researched whenever well, Jolnar to gain to gain, to gain to the tech gain that, whatever Jolnar yeah. got. Uh, on the tech pop which of course has its own sort of crazy thing that we've talked about before but you can do it twice as long as you've already traded traded research agreement and then you return it to the jolnar player and then the jolnar player can give it exclusively to the person currently popping tech because it's their right. active turn and then they can do it twice and so uh anytime jolnar is in the game it is a recipe for probably a lot of people are going to get way more tech than they normally would yeah so it's in general we're talking about like kind of a couple different buckets yeah. here that could provide you with more tech. But each of these buckets are like 10% or less yes. as far as chances for you to actually get more tech, except for research agreement. Right. Research agreement <laughs> just is happens. going to be in every single game. So every single time you are playing with a Jolnar player, there's going to be more tech researched in general, which by the way, I think is fine for Jolnar. I mean, yeah. of course you need to sell this because make money. You right. know what I mean? Right. Who needs friends? Just get money. Yeah. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, I noted entrepreneur hunter says, "Why? Who needs friends yeah. when you can influence people?" <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Money is the only you know is the only currency I recognize. Uh -huh. It's just cold hard cash, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's really the way you know. So, that's the way the news goes. So with all of this, you know, earlier we said four to six roughly, but with all these extras, you know, it's like you could widen this to like a four to to like. 10 4 to 9 techs sure. is what you could expect in any given yeah. game um you know there's there's a lot that can happen uh, in in any given game of ti which means it just feels like there's more tech than ever even though the baseline is still very shallow if not more shallow than it used to be because we used to have a round six that used to be this thing that happened almost every right. game was round six which meant you know we're talking more a five to seven tech range in uh pre-pok days but now there's more variability, but a shallower base, basically, yeah. is what we got in POK. I think it actually, the, the faction I want to call out that I feel like I kind of learned something about from this, like looking at it in this way, is really Empyrean. Yeah. Uh, you're getting a lot of access to Enigmatic Device, which is like the most likely thing to give you more tech as far as percentage-wise. Right. They're occupying, you know, there's two cards in this 20-card deck and you are, you know what, you're probably going to get like 10 of those yeah, cards. Right. You're probably going to get half of them. The likelihood that you're going to get two extra tech now from Enigmatic Device is not that far out of possibility, mm -mm. especially compared to a lot of these other extra tech cards. I mean, we've got, you know, three or four action cards. We got like four action cards sitting in a deck that, I mean, what, is about 60-something deep at this point? Or is it bigger than that? Action, it cards? It's, uh, action cards is 120 total cards. Yeah, so that's really low percentage-wise. <laughs> You're not getting those, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, Isarl can think, like, maybe I'll get one right. of these, but even Isarl no. isn't hitting those the, types the of The only numbers. other uh, feather I would put in Isarl's cap here is, and this isn't true across the board, we've talked about Isarl as maybe a faction who can't necessarily afford to play politics shenanigans, but you kind of have a fun incentive to play politics shenanigans. And so sure. in addition to drawing even more action cards to find these, you're also looking at way more agendas to try and force these agendas to happen. So I would say Isarl right. in the game also has like a pretty heightened chance of more tech, basically. The problem with Isarl, though, is, like, if you want tech, sure, you're grabbing it yeah, out yeah. of people's hands. But, like, in a real situation, you probably need other cards sure. over, like, tech tempo. Yeah. But, yeah, if you need a tech tempo, then you'll just find it in everyone's hands. Everyone's drawing 
that everyone's hand is your hand, right. basically, unless they play it, you know. <laughs> Which is, I mean, yeah, that's even a thing, too. When Star Wars on the game, like, play the, just play the tech ones as fast as possible. There's literally no Absolutely. reason not to. Um, okay. Absolutely. So we, we've covered about how much tech is in game. So now we can talk about what the tech actually is so that we can get a baseline of, like, what these, we used to talk so much about tech paths and it doesn't feel like we have tech paths anymore but because we have this like four tech baseline we still have to talk about sort of our tech hopes our tech dreams our tech requirements for you know a lot of factions but let's start at the easiest point let's start with the hot one let's start with blue tech yeah so blue tech is good <laughs> um i just want to say blue tech is really good and you could win every game of twilight imperium and only research the blue tech you never really need to research any of the other tech, mm -hmm. but it's fun to talk about them anyways. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> the only techs that are, there's two types of good tech, yellow faction tech uh -huh. and blue tech. <laughs> and that's it. That's and even it. a lot of the yellow faction tech are not good. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. But like some of them are real good. Right. That's uh, basically the way it goes. So let's talk about all the generic techs. We are not going to like talk about every single faction tech. We will talk about faction techs at large at the end of this episode, but we are going to mostly talk about just generic techs, and then you can refer to various uh, guide episodes to hear about a particular faction's uh, specific yeah. tech needs and, and, and what we think about their faction techs. But we're not going to dig crazy deep into those because we would be here all day. Uh, so... First up in blue is the original baseline blue tech anti-mass deflectors. Your ships can move into and through asteroid fields. So you get some movement bonuses, not uh, not additional movement, but access to more spaces on the board. And a second ability is when other players units use space cannon against your units, apply minus one to the result of each die roll. You might forget this quite often because this is the underloved uh, ability on anti-mass deflectors, although it's not bad. It's a pretty decent little ability when it matters. Uh, when you're coming up against like a PDS wall, it can sometimes be helpful. But obviously, the main use here is the into and through uh, asteroid fields, which yeah. especially in a POK environment, we have a lot more need to be in systems without planets. We have a lot more need to deal with anomalies. We There's just so much more going on that uh, sometimes you just have to research this because your slice demands it. Yeah. And I would say that the math on it is really simple. Uh, we would love to skip um, blue. We would love to skip the yellow, the level zero. But the thing is, a lot of times you don't end up doing that. Right. It just doesn't happen a lot anymore. I feel like the blue skip is not uh, is kind of underutilized because at this point we can devote uh, a lot of attention to blue yeah. and get and go after you know carrier two, and it's not that big of a deal to get a slightly dead blue tech but anti-mass you can never tell whether it's going to be you know super important to your game it's going to ruin your game if you don't have it right somebody will have anti-mass deflectors so what i hate is when i don't want to get it but my slice has a asteroid field right next to my home system mm -hmm. so what that says to me is that somebody's going to go there right so i have to be able to go there right. it's just how it is and i the I don't love it. I would much rather have DET, which we're going to talk about in a second. But if I have to get it, I have always accepted it and never regretted it. Even as Mentac, right. I have been in a situation where I'm like, I have to get anti-mass. So whatever. I'll just get it. Yep. Not yeah. a big deal. Yeah, it's just fine. Just get over it. Um, but sharing its tier is Dark Energy Tap that Hunter just referenced. 
which also is a two-parter. Uh, after you perform a tactical action in a system that contains a frontier token, if you have one or more ships in that system, explore that token. So this is, of course, how we even gain access to the frontier deck, most of which in it is pretty good to can be game-changing for you. Enigmatic yeah. device being one of the things that's pretty good. You can also get yep. secret objectives in there. You can get relics. You can get all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can get a lot of money out of the, out of the frontier deck. So as a baseline, this tech is like, Pretty good, and if you don't have asteroid fields in your slice, then you don't need anti-mass. But if you need a baseline blue tech, delicious! You get to you get to do this. Um, yeah. The second ability, though, is honestly just as good of justification to get this tech, which is your ships can retreat into adjacent systems that do not contain other players' units, even if you do not have units or control planets in that system. So the standard retreat rules are actually quite complicated. You need to either have units there or a planet, which means, you know, in base game days, there was a lot of situations where, like, you could really shoehorn someone because they just had nowhere to retreat to. You were going to demolish their fleets. In yeah. a POK world with Dark Energy Tap available to us, you can get out of a lot of fights. You can you can get away with many, many things because you're just executing any retreat and you can dodge a fight and find a way to come back and retaliate or whatever. Um, this ability is like very useful to have in a late game scenario i hate to be anecdotal but i feel like it hasn't worked out that well for me yeah lately as far as the whole retreat option i mm -hmm. find frequently that it's difficult to unless you're on mechatol rex in like the early to mid game i find that i rarely have a place to go right um one of the one of the things that i think is funny about this ability is that a lot of times you have anti-mass or dark energy tap right um and what's funny about that is that one of the places that is probably empty nearest you <laughs> could be an asteroid field <laughs> that that would be a great place to retreat except for you don't have anti-mass mm -hmm. you can't retreat into it um but yeah i find with mechatol rex it can be pretty useful sometimes um but eventually in the late game Things are just too gummed up, yeah. I find, for this to work. Because the other thing that you have to remember is it can't have any of their units. So even if the space is empty, but they have, like, one infantry on a planet, right? then you can't retreat there. And I find that comes up More a often. lot. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but all that said, that, that first part of the ability is also still so great that this one is worth it. Basically, the default these days is... If you probably want blue tech, that's an assumption. There's probably a reason you want blue tech. And if you don't have blue skips, get dark energy tap unless you have asteroid fields that you have to deal with, right? That's sort of the yeah. flow chart of how to handle blue tech is get DET or skip or unless you have to do uh, uh, anti-mass. So I want to do an addendum real quick to that, to be honest, sure. because here's the thing. I'm, I'm in a mood that... Having access to the asteroid fields is too unpredictable. So the way I kind of evaluate it these days is I think about how many of these frontier tokens am I likely to explore? And I feel like if that number is pretty low, like one or two, right. and I don't bother. I'm like, yeah. I'll just get anti-mass and so what? Maybe I'm a dum-dum. Maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I would have gotten a relic out of that. Maybe I would have gotten a secret objective out of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's too hard to tell. But if I feel like I can actually compete for the frontier tokens, then yes, I absolutely want DET right. for sure. Um, but anti-mass, it just can really bite you sometimes not having that in right. the late game. And I always hate 
when that happens yeah i hate it yeah it's it's it feels more punishing than the like oh i didn't draw maybe just the option to replenish my commodities oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what a travesty mm-hmm. uh okay so next up we have our next tier uh these two texts require one blue uh the first one is of course sort of the reason we talk so much about blue tech especially in all of our guides when we talk about round one and like what you're trying to do yeah so many factions in the game are trying to get gravity drive gravity drive is after you activate a system apply plus one to the move value of one of your ships during this tactical action and that can almost seem maybe underwhelming just one ship gets one movement but in especially a round one and round two scenario if the best tile in your slice is two movement away and all your carriers move one you drastically improve your round two standing if you can get to that very good tile right so there's sort of a i need gravity drive as fast as possible mentality to the early game to sort of unlock your full potential of having like as many resources or as much influence as you might need and then in the late game it's like still handy to have around but it's certainly not as monumental of a tech as it is in the early game yeah i found a little bit that depending on what faction i'm playing i might not be that interested in gravity drive it has that early game functionality Mm -hmm. but i find that you know you can just get blue tech and not worry about gravity drive and end up getting the unit upgrades that that unlocks right and that can be just as good if i can get to carrier two quickly i kind of like having sling relay a little bit better in most situations because if I got carrier two, then my carriers can move two or whatever. You know, yep. it just depends on like what you're specializing in. If I'm in a situation where I'm playing like kind of a a dreads and carriers types type feeling, I I will feel the need to have gravity drive so that whoever is lagging behind on the unit upgrades can still yep. you know still punch effectively. Um, but yeah, I I find it I find POK took gravity drive down just a yeah, notch i agree um the only other ball i sometimes put in gravity drives uh court is the, the idea that if i'm playing a faction that for whatever reason has a very strong desire to get my flagship on the board Absolutely. or if i have if i draw unveil flagship as a thing there's no other way to upgrade my flagship so unless i'm a sorrel or nomad nomad can upgrade their flagship sorrel's flagship starts with two movement those are your exceptions but every other flagship is locked to one movement Gravity yeah. Drive is the only way to improve that, and if I'm a strong flagship faction, then I have a little bit added incentive to get that Gravity Drive and have it be alongside my carrier too, right? I want all my carriers to move too, and I want my flagship to be able to go with them, moving one plus one. Um, so uh, next up is what Hunter just referenced. Uh, the other shared one blue requirement is Sling Relay. As an action, exhaust this card to produce one ship in any system that contains one of your space stocks. I don't know why this is blue tech. Like, this is so... Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows Nobody why this... Knows. This should have been, like, a yellow or a red tech or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's a blue tech. It's a stall. It's build something that isn't unlocked... Like, isn't locked down, which means you can use it this round. This is a crazy good tech. Absolutely. Um, it's fantastic. I think it's uh, one of my one of my favorite techs in the game. Uh, I think there there are, like... There's like a lot of factions where if I have this like round two, uh, if I'm invested heavily in some of the alternative stuff, like let's say I built focused on plastic round one. That's good. I like doing that round two. We might get away with just a sling relay yeah, and not even bothering to activate and do regular production, which feels 
uh, really nice. Obviously, the stall potential is there. It's saving you time every round that you have it. It's allowing you to be a little more specific on what you are spending your command counters on. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I think it's uh, I think it's a great tech. We thought it was great when PLK came out, and I here we are. You know <laughs> what? Two years later, yeah. and it's still is it was it two years ago? Yep, sure oh my was. god. Wow, we are like at the two-year mark for POK. Yeah, that's crazy. We need a, we need another expansion. We need <laughs> we need we need fifth edition. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Actually, that's not true because I still don't really know how to play this game. I'm hoping <laughs> to learn. I want to learn how to play it. Um, but yeah, Sling Relay is uh, it's good. It has a real good tag. Yeah. I had a game recently where I didn't have Gravity Drive and I did have Sling Relay, and uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Don't even totally notice doable. if it's the, if you're building the right units, you don't even notice that that's what you got instead. <laughs> basically, yep. uh, okay. Now we move on to the two blue requirement tech. Uh, this is Fleet Logistics. There's only one of these at this tier, so this is your only option if you're trying to go all the way, all the way down blue. You have to get this one. I mean, that's not technically true, right? At these days, you could you could get sling relay and gravity drive but fleet logistics is during each of your turns of the action phase you may perform two actions instead of one and oh boy fleet logistics is weird because it's got that oh boy quality to it doesn't it where it's like that seems cool but if you listen to our recent nalo episode we talk a lot about fleet logistics and sort of get at the inherent weird contradiction of fleet logistics which is to say this game is actually mostly about stalling out actions and then doing things without response right mm -hmm. not giving people mm -hmm. any ability to respond to your actions so if you get to take four actions back to back to back because you stalled out the whole round that's like the best way to accomplish big swings into the win and fleet yeah. logistics inherently only shortens the amount of time you can stay in the round so on one end it limits you in some of the important ways but then of course Fleet Logistics also sometimes wins you the game because on your first action, you can take Mechatol, acquire Mechatol, pop Imperial, score a point, score a public, win the game, or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's just a very strange tech. I mean, it it you have to really see what you're going to do with it, I think, to justify getting it. Yeah. Um, it is not... I mean, I have had plenty of games where I've researched Fleet Logistics and then never even used it, not once. Right. Because I thought I was going to have the opportunity. A lot of times it comes down to speaker order mm -hmm. with Fleet Logistics. I'll be like, I'm going to be speaker on round whatever so I can have Fleet Logistics now. That will be useful whenever we get there. And then I don't end up you know, getting that. And then it's like, okay, well, if you don't have Imperial in your hand, like Fleet Logistics is almost never useful. But if you have Imperial in your hand <laughs> and you have Fleet Logistics, you are about to win this game. Yep. You know, like it's, it's pretty crazy that it has that level of variance to it um so i would say it's it's a pretty tough tech to talk about in a vacuum yeah. i think we've nailed it down with the imperial thing i'm not really sure there's any good applications of it yep. outside of that except for of course all the things all the random people are thinking about right now i hear you <laughs> you you are in christmas land i understand you live there you're santa claus as far as i'm concerned yep. hey guess what i'm santa claus too uh, i'm just santa claus with the radio show that's all that's the only difference between you and me but <laughs> what I'm saying is a lot of times fleet logistics is giving you an ability that is useless until it isn't. And if it is, you won the game, right. my friend, and congrats. Yeah. So you really got to look into the future on this one. I would not just research it for no reason. Right. Um, the other cute thing about fleet logistics is sometimes it comes up just out of sort of like 
out of a need to use it or whatever. The, the, this example is I have focused research. Uh, I, I go before tech. I can spend focused research, research fleet logistics. I now have a tech that lets me take two actions. I just did one action. I can immediately take my second action. I can just do whatever and I'm using fleet logistics to like get lightwave when when tech pops or whatever, right? I'm just using it for the step, the requirement, but without mm -hmm. costing myself any sort of time. If I needed to take an action right now, but also needed to get that tech online, it has that one very strange rare use. But it's just a fun trick you get to do with fleet logistics. The alternative being like I pop tech, get fleet logistics and take an action real quick to do something I need to do right now. That might be the only time you use it the entire game, though, basically, is to like pull off that singular trick. Yeah, it felt like in base game there were more opportunities to use fleet logistics to sort of trick people yeah. in that way. And I don't know if like people have just gotten better at the game or if POK kind of gave people some more opportunities to keep each other in, in check, but I feel like there's rarely an opportunity to actually like trick the other players yeah. with fleet logistics. So you kind of have to like already have like uh, essentially almost a full house in hand and then this is allowing you to like just get that last little piece yep. that pushes you across the finish line right so that's how i think of that tech in general yeah it's very win more in that sense though win more meaning like you know it's i already had the tools i needed but this just sort of like amplified it even better like now i can just win harder or whatever uh right the final right. blue tech is the just the creme de la creme there at the top the reason like you actually care about investing all the way in blue tech is light wave deflector your ships can move through systems that contain other players ships so this requires three blue um but what it does for movement is especially because we've gone down a tree that maybe gave us gravity drive to add movement and maybe we got unit upgrades that gave extra movement we now have this ability to have enough movement to go through people if we just had a light wave deflector. And right. uh, the the number of ways that tech has actually increased in the total, like we said earlier, the baseline is shallower, right? And in POK, we didn't right. see light wave research that often. But because of all the added opportunities for someone to get a lot of tech means someone at every table probably has light wave deflector. You see this, Absolutely. you see at least one person with this almost every single game of TI, which has changed so many other fundamental assumptions about the game. Uh, the, yep. the main one being how we used to think about gum, gumming up your slice, putting a unit somewhere so the people just can't get through to your home system or whatever. Well, now... Someone's getting light wave, which means the gum doesn't do anything if you leave any. You would have to put something in every single tile, and then even then, it's not enough because probably one of those tiles is just the one thing they needed to go after anyways. They're not always just going for your home system or whatever. So access to light wave has like really, really changed how the board presence looks in TI. Yeah, I think that gum is like a phase now. Mm -hmm. Like it's like there's the gumming phase <laughs> where gumming matters and having ships in, in systems are blocking, but you just have to be aware of when that is no longer effective. What's nice is if you have a bunch of ships spread out, you can always just send them to one system. You know what I mean? Like they're not, it, it's, it's almost kind of freed up your ships to be a little more utility based in the late game, because I used to play this game trying to build a little fort of destroyers and fighter twos. Like in base game, that's what I did mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And now that doesn't really work. Uh, you, ha you have to kind of be a little more flexible than that. 
obviously light wave is sort of your win slay bread and butter this is the only way that you're going to be stopping the other players because you need to zip through their ships right um if if anyone objected to our fleet logistics conversation uh, and and wants to say, oh, fleet logistics is actually better than they said. I bet their argument is going to be based around its wind slay potential of comboing with various abilities. Yeah. But let me let me put this in your court. Light wave is like the surefire investment yeah. in that potential, whereas fleet logistics is like a version of this that only works under X circumstance. Yes. Right. Lightwave will pretty much always be useful. Fleet logistics, I need to know more about your situation mm -hmm. in order for it to make sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing that we haven't really talked about here yet, but we, we there was probably an opportunity. And when talking about tech tempo, what we're always talking about with technology and whether or not a technology is good, it has nothing to do with whether or not that singular technology is good in a vacuum, right? Yeah. What we're talking about with technology is you had six opportunities to get tech and mm -hmm. you used all six of them. You gained six tech. Did those six tech do more for you than other six tech? So like yeah. even within this one tree, we can look at if I was going to get four techs in blue, right? What do I want? What I would say is you want DET and then you want yep. gravity drive and then you want sling relay and then you want light wave. And think about what that just gives you as a singular kit. I get to right. immediately build a ship on my first action with Sling Relay. It can go uh, two spaces at least, maybe more if I got more tech later, but those spaces can also be through other people's units. So even just with three of those techs, I can kind of go wherever and I can also get DET resources. I could swap out DET and say anti-mass and now I have literally no restrictions on my movement. I can right. build a thing, instantly move it, move it two spaces, move it through units, and move it into or through asteroid fields. I can go anywhere I want. And very often, going somewhere is what you need to do in the late game, whether it be to score yourself points or to not deny other people points and thus the win. And that's like why blue tech matters, is it is about controlling access at the end of the game. Yeah, I also find that, you know, move movement is the double-edged sword mm -hmm. of uh, Twilight Imperium, whereas as we talk about the other, you know, colors of tech, they're a little more locked into just one way of thinking, right. basically. And they don't have the kind of open-ended application that movement has, right? Um, which is tough. I mean, it's like, it's just harder to make the other things work in your favor. But I'll be danged if we don't give it a shot, but we should probably <laughs> take a break before we talk about the lesser techs, all of the lesser techs. <laughs> you can stop this, this episode right now. Turtles. Yeah, you can get out now if you want. The essential information has been dispersed, but now it's time to put on our Christmas hats uh. and prepare for an early holiday season. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Space Cats Peace Turtles, your friendly local resource for all things Twilight Imperium. Today we're talking about tech. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> I'm Matt Mars. You said radio earlier, and I haven't been able to get it out of my head that this is a radio show. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we can get more radio energy in here. Hi, what's up? We don't have time to waste. It's time to talk about green tech. What do you say? Yeah, green tech, a.k.a. the worst tech. <laughs> 
in the game. I have such the a funny when we one. get when we get to tech skips. I have such a funny point to make about how how truly bad green tech is. Let's start with the baseline. Uh, b- base game gave us neural motivator during the status phase. Draw two action cards instead of one. And there used to be yeah. an old debate: which is better, neural motivator or Sarween tools? And when the action card deck was eighty cards, and it was very likely you would see all of them in a game. It meant it was a race to get all the good ones, which meant Neural Motivator was pretty good. You in, you you increase the number of cards you see by about five, five mm-hmm. or six, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. and you might get to the good stuff first. There's maybe an argument there. It's also us just being naive, maybe, in, in base game of whether or not we thought this was great or not, but it felt more powerful. But... The action card deck has increased by one and a half sizes and not necessarily more powerful, like maybe plenty of sort of middling action cards, which means Mm -hmm. what you might draw got worse. And we shortened the game by around, so we're getting even one less card out of it. So I think we have really come to the decision that Neural Motivator has fallen strongly out of fashion. If you you need a green tech, um, you're not thrilled if it has to be Neural Motivator. Yeah, I, and I'm not. I, I ain't like it. I ain't like to get it. Uh, I like the uh, other stuff a little bit better, but I ain't like that stuff too much either, right. to be honest. No, right. Um, it's just that the other stuff is more likely to have more utility. I feel like if, if I have to get a green, uh, then that means for some reason I want fighter too. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or or I'm trying to get... No, wait, that's, that's kind of it. it. And even Maybe if I need cruiser fighter two, 2. Maybe Cruiser 2, but I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, play that but, way. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time if I need Cruiser 2, I can get it via AI dev. Yeah. Um, or I'll just get the other thing because it helps in the other... The other thing is just better. So yeah. we're going to talk about Psycho in just a sec. Uh, Psycho's better. Yeah. Um, neural, I don't know. It's just action cards. It's like if, if you want to play the action card game, yeah. then maybe I think the way that makes, makes most sense to me is you got to have a high influence economy and you're just following politics every once in a while. Right. That's fine. That's good enough. That'll get you some cards. Uh, you, you only need a, a couple goodens yep. to possibly win the game or even no goodens. You don't necessarily have to have any goodens right. because there are games where nobody has any goodens, so it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's not a race because unless, you know, unless if a Sorrel's in the game, then sure, uh, everything's changed. But a Sorrel is got Magion Biostims and is taking all the cards out of everybody's hands. So why would you be getting Neural to draw even more cards? Right. If a Sorrel's in my game, I wish I could just pass on drawing cards at all. I don't want to have any <laughs> in my hand. I don't even want to have a single one. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think there's a vocal minority of people that really like action cards. And this is their argument as I have heard it. Uh, and, and I think it's got at least some merit. Uh, and the most vocal uh, proponent of this is this year's finalist Cody TCT. Yeah. And Cody's argument goes like this. Um, you can play Twilight Imperium to sort of like a safe baseline, but there are those that believe the only way to excel is to gamble. And gambling mm-hmm. means leaning into gamble components because I can just play as solid a game as anybody else and it's still going to be somewhat random if like the speaker order gets me in the right position and all of that, right? Winning a game of Twilight Imperium has quite a lot of randomness to it. So why not push my luck, change those odds, do things that are more opportunity? Cody would also uh, be in favor of things like Scanlink Drone Network, which we'll talk about when we get to Yellow Tech. But like, they like to pull the lever. They like to, to mm-hmm. run the slot machine a little bit more. And I don't know that I would say that it is a more reliable way to win, but 
I bet you this, it's probably at least a little bit more fun, uh, generally speaking, if you're willing to also fail quite often, right? If you're willing to watch it fall apart, uh, but then sometimes you get crazy games, then maybe that makes sense. Well, the other problem with action cards is there's become so much focus on the late game stall, mm -hmm. uh, on the round five leadership player is going to try and stall us all out type ending scenario that I feel like even if I'm drawing extra cards, if they are play as an action cards, I kind of have to just keep them anyways. Yep. So what does it make a difference how fast I get those? Because right. I, if I'm drawing them and then I have to throw cards away, yes. then I don't really care too much. You know, yep. um, I think that it's less frequent now that the action card is what makes your game. It's just that you need something, yeah. You yeah. know, right. That I think is the more frequent uh, scenario. But I don't disagree with Cody. Yeah. Um. And actually, I'm a ScanLink drone ne network guy. I'm into the ScanLink more <laughs> than I am into Neural Motivator. Neural Motivator is allowing you a little more access to a deck that you, first of all, you already get free access to it. Yes. And you can elect to get more by just spending a token, right. which to me is all the flexibility I need with that particular deck. I know if my game is going so bad that I just need more action cards. We just need to see more action cards. I don't mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. ScanLink gives me a lot of versatility because I get to look at the the stuff that's available in each deck, right. and it lets me go, okay, I'll activate here and try and fish for this particular thing. And I don't know if that's a if that's just me feeling like I'm in control because right. at least I know the variables. Um, but, and that probably is what it is to be honest. Um, but neural motivators feels too much. Like I don't even know what I'm going to get, yeah. you know, yeah. if it's going to be good. It really just comes out of there's so much more trash in that action card deck these days that it's just so much less reliable to get anything good. Let's talk about that other baseline green tech psycho archeology span is you can use technology specialties on planets you control without exhausting them. Even if those planets are exhausted during the action phase, you can exhaust planets you control that have technology specialties to gain one trade good. I feel like there was a point in time after POK came up that we thought that second half mattered. And I don't feel like we talk about it at all anymore. Nobody cares about gaining a trade good from a tech specialty planet. It, it that has gone out the window. And so then it really only comes down to if you have a tech skip rich slice, maybe psychoarchaeology has some sort of value to it. And you will just know it on the face of it. You'll look at your slice yeah. and you will immediately know whether or not psychoarchaeology might have some value to you. Yeah, it's kind of tough because so we need a green tech in order to get to a fighter two mm -hmm. and we need a green tech in order to get to cruiser two and we need a green tech in order to get to infantry two. Well, infantry two is out. Yeah, that's out. That's just out. Um, I don't I'm not even going to explain. It's just <laughs> out. Uh, fighter two, we, we probably need blue tech. So like if anything, we just want to skip just regular style yeah. to fighter two. So I don't know. It's like it, it's dependent on there being some sort of other tech skip that we need. Yep. You know, so that's kind of tough. Um, and then I think Cruiser 2, most of the Cruiser 2 factions end up going AI dev, I feel like, over Cruiser 2. Really, the problem is that AI dev exists. Yep. And 
I'm not sure what Psycho is helping you skip to if you're always just going for blue tech all the time anyways. It's like, do we even really need that many skips? I feel like the skips are mostly necessary for faction tech. Yep. And that's kind of it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so basically it really just comes down to a couple factions might see a use for this or a couple slices might see a use for this, but realistically you're trying to avoid green altogether which is a case we'll make as we sort of get through the rest of this tree um but suffice it to say as a baseline honestly it's like the opposite problem of det and anti-mass right which is with those two texts it's like i don't know both of them could be useful in different ways so get one mm -hmm. and see how it goes this one is like neither of these is a game changer but if you have to get one i don't know look at your game and pick one you know it, it, getting yeah. neural motivator early is might there's plenty of situation where that's going to be better than getting psycho arc early right so if you have to get a green tech for some reason then okay that there's your yeah. excuse to get neural motivator yeah, I think I think in order for Psycho to make sense, you need it to satisfy that green requirement. I just I hate a tech that you get and then it doesn't do anything for you until the next round. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like right. that is kind of always bothers me a little bit. I want to get a tech and then immediately use it uh, if possible. Yeah. And Psycho is not quite that. It's it's a decent like double tech situation if it's allowing you to skip forward into something you know mm -hmm. who i like it with i i always like getting psycho as nomad as my yes. green requirement for the flagship so hopefully i have a yellow skip right. right so we start with sling we pick up psycho um hopefully we have a yellow skip in the slice and maybe even another skip of any kind yep. and then i've got my flagship on lock i can probably get dread two I can, you know, maybe even throw in something interesting, like, I don't know, like Duranium, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Is Duranium a thing? Is Duranium a thing? I've I don't seen know. it. I've seen it recently. I've seen a few people go Duranium for whatever reasons. Yeah. So sometimes it comes up. Uh, yeah. Something cool like that. But yeah, Psychoarchaeology, I just think it's a, it's, it, it at least opens up some tech possibilities mm -hmm. in the late game in a way that feels very, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. Versus neuromotivators like, let's play more roulette yeah. type situation right uh in our next tier we have dax of animators uh, which is after you win a ground combat you may place one infantry from your reinforcements on that planet which is trash this may be this yeah. is maybe actually the worst generic tech in the game maybe Ooh. i'm gonna put that out there uh you have to actually win a ground combat so it's not helping you do anything it's it is by definition win more right i have to win a yeah. ground combat in order to gain any sort of benefit from it and that benefit is half a dollar's worth of a unit in a place i already went and is now locked down i can't i cannot yeah. then go it's like then maybe that one unit will be useful next round when i decide to go somewhere else uh, that's you know, it. Or it helps on the defense if I'm really afraid of people coming in after me. Yeah, I think of this as the third faction tech for Necrovirus. <laughs> right. um, I think it's their third faction tech, and it's ironic because they only get tech by gaining it from other players, meaning other players have to research it, and what Dane wisely did was give them the one tech no one would ever research. <laughs> so it, so Dane was like, you get this one for free because, let's face it, nobody else is getting this. Only you will have it. So now it's kind of just a, it's a necrovirus only thing, uh -huh. and it will not apply to any other games. Do not research Dax of Animators. Yep. 
I do not want you to... I, you know what? I'll do this right now. If I see one person in the tournament research decks of animators, I'm putting you on a list. Okay? <laughs> I'm putting you on a list. Yeah. Mark my words. Okay? <laughs> the, yeah, the worst thing about it is just, like, we'll talk more and more about, like, what do we get out of deep green? And there's only one, there's only one faction in the whole game that earnestly loves deep green. And guess what? They have other things to get on the way Absolutely. to their deep green. Yeah, and so it's that opportunity other, cost thing. It's, it's They have other things they have to get right. on their deep green right. path. And Daxiv is just not it. Yeah. It's not it yeah. at all. Uh, one of those things, we're talking about a Sorrel, and one of those things they have to get is a tech called Biostims. You may yeah. exhaust this card at the end of your turn to ready one of your planets that has a technology specialty or one of your other technologies. So the big thing about Biostims is there are some board positions and factions that get literally zero use out of it. You can have no tech skips in your slice, and you can have techs that don't exhaust, which means there's no reason to unexhaust them, to ready them. Uh, yeah. So sometimes Biostims is completely useless, but there are, of course, situations where Biostims is great. Hunter referenced Biostims Magion earlier, uh, Magion being a Sarl's tech where they steal action cards from other people. And guess what? With Biostims, you get to do that twice around, which means everybody's mm -hmm. hit. You look at 33.3% 30 of the players, every single round, you look at and steal one of their action cards. And so you know what they have, and you slowly gain what they have. Um, alternatively, too, you got really great planets out there sometimes. Like, the best example is Semlore is a planet with a yellow skip on it, and it's three resources and two influence. And if you could refresh that every round and use it twice, that's really good money. Like, that pays for itself, basically, if you had other reasons to be going down uh, green. This tech is not so good that you just go get it because... But there's lots of factions where we end up talking about it because it unlocks some sort of like bonus potential, especially when it comes to readying abilities that are stalls, meaning you get to stall twice. That's sort of the yeah. other added benefit of Biostims is Nomad starts with Sling Relay. We always have that stall. We could get Biostims and use it twice or whatever. Yeah, I like Biostims a lot. I kind of wish it was the level zero tech and then like Psycho just didn't exist and instead there was a different right. level one green. Because I wish I could throw Biostims into more strategies, but yeah. because it's the level one tech, I feel like it just doesn't make it. I, I think it's actually the best green tech, by the way. I just right. want to say that outright. I think I think it is the best one. Its problem is that it's at level one and I don't want to invest in this path Yep. really at all most of the time right um i'll say this i love playing mahawked just because i really like starting with it really fun yes. to try and min max this tech and get the most value out of it right you know um it's it's weird because it's like psychoarchaeology is allowing you this kind of like it's like I can use all the skips mm -hmm. however i want them and biostims is just saying like oh i get to i get to you know, maybe spend a skip and then get it back or, you know, exhaust, uh, exhaust some card as an action and then get it back. It's that aspect of biostims that I feel like if you had biostims, it would also sort of have all the functionality of psycho covered mm -hmm. with way more flexibility. Exactly. Like give me one card that does like five things right. and I'll just spend all my time figuring out what I want to spend it on. And that's what makes me happy. Yep. You know, psycho doesn't really offer that type of flexibility. Um, so I think Biostims is better, even though 
it's you know it's not exactly the same thing right it's almost the same thing well and think about the story we're sort of telling here is you could invest in blue tech and it sort of rewards itself the further you mm-hmm. go down. Gravity drive makes light wave better. Light wave makes anti-mass better. All of these yep. techs reinforce each other. And what do we have in green? Psycho and biostims do functionally the same thing. And step. you don't have a reason to get both. It is. It is. Yeah. It lacks benefit to get both of those two tech and then what do we have outside of that two techs doing completely unrelated things i can maybe get some action cards or i can just sort of drop a unit somewhere it's like there's no synergy happening here which means you're not building on any sort of benefit you're not building a cohesive sort of like extra faction power whereas blue tech builds an extra faction power yeah iostims is like the closest thing we get to like a known benefit yeah um and obviously it depends on your slice but like neural motivator we're just drawing more action cards i don't know if that'll be good dax of animators i don't know how many ground combats i'm going to have i don't even know how many infantry i'm going to get out of this Mm -hmm. i know i probably will have a ground combat as a game of twilight imperium but it might be like one right in the whole game right you know so that might be nothing uh psychoarchaeology uh, yeah, there's a little bit known there. I mean, I know probably what like skips I need and what skips I'm going to have, but there's going to be like rounds where I don't need, I don't, I'm not skipping tech right. every single round right. in a lot of cases. But most of the time I'm building off the tech I already have, yep. you know, so psycho probably doesn't get used every time. Biostims, what's cool about it is I feel like I can kind of, I can actually look at it and say, I'm probably going to use it like this yep. pretty much every round and get something out of it. I just wish it wasn't level one. Yep. I wish I could just get to it. I just, I just want to have it. Yep. Just give me it right. to have a little bit. You well, know? and even even the idea of skipping to it's like I have a green skip. I could skip to bio stems. Even that feels like a step too far, <laughs> sort yeah. of. You know, like it's like, do I really want to use the green skip on that, or should I just use my green skip on like fighter two and move on with my life or whatever? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. You should probably just get what you need out of green and then not go any further. Yeah. And bio stems is kind of going a little bit further right essentially right so, yeah um and so then to talk about going even further in a tech tree we already like have no synergy in we could go a step further and get hyper metabolism the two green requirement tech which is during the status yeah. phase gain uh three command tokens instead of two which uh especially in base game was actually quite a, a useful ability if and only if you could rush for it green skips really mattered in the situations where you are a faction that started with a green tech and you could somehow yeah. very quickly use that green skip to get hyper metabolism like round one or round two in base game where we go to round six, right? By shortening the game, this means hyper metabolism draws one less total command token and we like green even less than ever, which means every investment we make in the green tech path is sort of a step in a direction we don't need to go in, which just means even though hypermetabolism is a pretty good tech if you could get it like really fast or whatever it's mm-hmm. great but it it comes too late in a tree we don't want to come down which means you get the benefit too late which means it's even worse at providing the benefit like <laughs> if we could take biostims and make it a level 0 and make hypermetabolism a level 1 suddenly <laughs> this tree actually feels like i'm getting some sort of tangible benefit out of it uh, but but everything is coming in too late on the green tech path. Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
But I guess the only case left for Hyper is like Jolnar. Yeah. And I just feel like there's like other things that Jolnar can get right. that are also good. You know, like Jolnar gets to, to, you know, get two tech on round one. Uh, I think Erez is a good buy most yeah. of the time for them. And then, I don't know, maybe like Gravity Drive or a unit upgrade. Yeah. Um, I I guess you could get Erez and Hyper and just be like, I'm value town right now. Right. But like you probably need movement in round two. Yep. That's kind of the only argument I've got. That's like the closest I've got is it could be a good alternate round one Joel Nartek. And if you make it to round two, I don't know why you're getting Hyper. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. It's now it's going to net you one less command counter and you have to spend a command counter to, to pick it up. Yeah. You know? So. Right. Yeah. It's it's a tough one. Um, It's it's value is just like almost there as a proposition, but not quite. And to round the tree off, uh, when we talk about the final tech in the green path, we talk about X89 bacterial weapon Omega. So if you're playing just with like your base game copy or whatever, you might not have this. This was released in a codex later. Uh, it is a, a revision to old x89 so the new way we play with x89 which is a three green requirement tech after one or more of your units use bombardment against a planet if at least one of your opponent's infantry was destroyed you mm -hmm. may destroy all of your opponent's infantry on that planet so <laughs> this is a hilarious tech because the old version was bad it took way too long to do yeah. all the it was like a two or three round or turn step to like do all of the things that it did. It was really, it was three actions that took two rounds to, to get the benefit of X89. So it was right. just horrible. So then Dane released this, which was pretty good. Now it's like a one yeah. step thing. If you can kill an infantry, you kill all of the yep. infantry and you just go straight through it. But then after this Omega came out, POK came out and POK introduced mechs, another type of ground force that are not infantry. <laughs> Which means, right. and they sustain damage, which means on any given planet, you could have four mechs, which means you have to do eight, nine damage. You have to do nine damage to kill a single infantry to then kill all the other infantry that might be there. Now, that's a, we're mm -hmm. talking about like a huge stack or whatever, but just the right. idea is most bombardment that anyone is doing, especially if you went down green this hard, what bombardment do you even have access to? It's basically just dreads, right? Because we didn't get... War Suns, and we probably didn't get Dread 2 if we went this far down green. So we're not doing a whole lot of bombarding. We have to score a lot of hits just to kill that one infantry to get any benefit out of it. POK really broke what could have been the promise of X89 Bacterial Weapon. Yeah. Well, it's always been a weird tech because it's like it doesn't really go with the theme nope. <laughs> of, of this at all. I, what even is the theme of green? I'm Biotic, like which honestly, it does go with the theme of biotic. I would say Daxiv. It doesn't go with the theme of what? The, I guess everything else doesn't go exactly. with the Exactly. That's, that's the problem. The problem. Is Daxiv yeah. and X89 go with the theme and nothing else does. <laughs> yeah. The rest of this is kind of, yeah, kind of strange. But yeah, so I don't know. It could be good. Uh, in a very specific situation, like let's say you've got you mauve worlds yeah. to X eighty nine, and you have, and your opponent has forgotten about this tech. Right. Those are the two things that I think are necessary yeah. for an X eighty nine play. Your opponent only has infantry on their home system, yep. or they have infantry in like one mech, and you can beat the mech or something. Right. I don't know. It requires the stars to align. It only works as a tech in a situation because no one uses it. Yep. So I've seen it happen like a time or two where this mattered. And it feels like the only reason it mattered is because you're not going to play against this tech. Right. 
You're not going to be like, oh, well, somebody's obviously getting X89 bacterial weapon. No, they're yeah. they're not. They're they're not going to go down green to get it anyways. They're right. going to get it off Maw or something exactly. like that. You know what makes this whole situation worse is the sense that what the new X89 does is requires you to actually do bombardment, which guess what? PDS <laughs> just turns that off. Like you can also just yep. fully block it with PDS, which means X X89 Omega really only works for two factions. And like you said, with Maw Worlds, Muat, because they've got the War Suns, which means they can go through PDS, or yep. L1Z1X, because their commander's going to come online and let them go through PDS. If they can right. get through Planetary Shield and you can Maw of World X89, maybe now this tech is useful. What oh, I boy. think is hilarious is because of everything that happened with POK, realistically, we should all go back to a world of old x89 i would like to real quickly read old x89 yeah yeah let's let's hear it as an action exhaust this card and choose one planet in a system that contains one or more of your ships that have bombardment destroy all infantry on that planet so we still have the mech problem with old x89 mm -hmm. right we're not going to kill any mechs that's pretty annoying uh and the the idea that this used to work is like well i moved into the system and then i could do this to kill all the infantry but then i can't take the planet till next round but guess what pok introduced a lot of ways to to remove to like mahawked is in this game x89 could be like a mahawked tech uh, in some yeah. worlds where it's like right. i do this i lift a token and then i can still invade or whatever because all i need is to have access to the bombardment i don't actually the planetary shield is irrelevant here I could just do the ability. Uh, but even in that world that I'm p positing, the mechs sort of still throw the whole thing out the window, right? Like it actually yeah. just still doesn't work. <laughs> they sort of do. I, I think here, if I were to, I mean, I know how gross it is when we suggest sure. like a fix, but uh, I'm gross. I'm feeling gross today. What if the way X89 worked was, I like it being an action because that goes mm -hmm. with biostems, mm -hmm. right? So X89 bacterial weapon, exhaust this card as an action, exhaust this card and choose one planet in a system adjacent to one or more of your ships yeah, that in have or bombardment. Yeah. <laughs> Destroy all infantry on that planet. So now it's like stellar converter, yeah. but for destroying infantry. And I mean, maybe it should just be ground forces too. It shouldn't right. even be infantry. It just should be all ground kill all ground forces right. on one planet adjacent to a unit with bombardment. I'm down with that. Right. Here's that the, cause here's the thing. You had to invest really deep in green to get to this. Shouldn't yeah. you be rewarded for your trouble? <laughs> like, shouldn't we have access to superpowers if we go yeah. that deep into this kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Light yep. wave yep. is that yep. good. Yep. Light wave is honestly that good. Light wave. Yeah. Light wave is way better than that. Yeah. Than what I just said. Way better than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's green. Green tech is this thing that is sort of in conflict with itself, and it sort of goes nowhere. And honestly, the unit upgrades, which we'll talk about unit upgrades more in depth later, but the unit upgrades that even require it really only need one anyways. So it's like, you're just always better off with a green skip than anything else. There's nowhere else yep. to go. That's the problem with green, is it is directionless. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and it lacks reward for investment, whereas blue tech rewards investment. Uh, yep. let's talk about yellow tech. Yeah. So I like yellow. Yellow's interesting, at least more interesting. Uh, so we start with Sarween tools, which is when one of your units use production, reduce the combined cost of the produced units by one. This is of course, uh, incredibly annoying tech for new players because it's got two things mm -hmm. that it's yep. doing that are confusing. The first is 
Producing units is not the same as using production. You use production at specific steps when the thing says use production. So that's the only time you're using Sarween, not when you produce units on other abilities, like chaos mapping would be a good example. And the other thing it's doing is reducing the total combined cost of the whole build by one. Sometimes people get confused and think Sarween tools is reducing per unit using production. Like imagine if you mm, were Hakan yeah. with three space right. docks at home, if you could reduce that build by three. That's not how Twilight Imperium 4th edition Sarween tools works. Regardless of that, save a buck every time you build somewhere. Whether it's off of the Warfare secondary, that works, or just activating a system and doing a build, that's using production. It's fine it's sort of a sort of just like this economic thing of like oh, i can like just save like a buck per round or whatever um there are some factions that get like ed added benefit out of this because you can sort of just like tax sarween tools into what you're already doing the classic example yep. is arborek i'm just moving around my infantry have production i don't have to spend any money i could just use my one free buck to build two more infantry or whatever what i like about sarween tools is this i i think in the sarween tools versus neural motivator uh debate I think in a weird way, at the end of the day, Neural or Neural lost and Sarween won, yeah. which I did not expect because in base game, Neural was cool and Sarween was lame. Yeah. It turns out lame is now cool. <laughs> um, the thing about Sarween to me is there are a lot of situations where you need to satisfy a yellow requirement. Yes. You do not have a yellow skip. You need a yellow for some reason. And what will get me... Getting Sarween Tools or Scanlink Drone Network, one of the two, I, I think they're pretty close, Yeah, is that I get something. Right. I get a known right. for it. I'm like, I satisfy my yellow that I need for some reason, that I need for Dread 2, or that more likely I need for the faction tech of the faction that I'm currently playing, yep. uh, or I'm doing something weird and fun, like going after transit diodes, um, but I get something i get real money back on investment i probably don't make money right but i didn't lose anything by the end of the day right okay so that's that is worth it to me because a lot of the time getting tech is there's two components to it you know there's whatever the tech gives you and then there's the whatever the requirements you're getting for the tech that you really need that's actually going to help you and Sarween is the mail-in rebate of yep. tech. Yeah. POK basically killed the Sarween versus Neural debate. And the new debate is Sarween versus Scanlink Drone Network. Scanlink yeah. Drone mm -hmm. Network is when you activate a system, you may explore one planet in that system that contains one or more of your units. Now, that second part is sometimes difficult to accomplish in, like, the early game. Like, making sure there's always units takes a little bit of like thought to it to make sure you're doing that because like an early game expansion scenarios a lot of times you're like moving the thing along and taking all the infantry with it and then if you want right. to scan like you sort of like have to make sure you're reinforcing those planets or whatever so sometimes it takes some doing to get online but then what you're doing is hopefully you're not just like wasting activations to scan like although in the late game you might also do that <laughs> you might start truly gambling but mm -hmm. ideally scan link is something you're just doing during your normal activations especially on like a forward dock if we think of it in those terms sarween and scan link both operate the same way which is to say i'm activating this system it has a space dock on it that is a unit which means either I can do Sarween tools and make that build I'm about to do one cheaper, or I can do Scanlink Drone Network and gamble a little bit in the Explore yeah. deck of whatever planet that is, whatever trait that is. 
and thus is the two philosophies <laughs> of twilight imperium the mm-hmm. raw numbers hunter was just talking about or the opportunity at maybe something juicier but you have to gamble you have to hope that that turns up for you basically right but it's not that gambly right. if you're in a specific situation mm-hmm. you got to look at what planet traits do i have and what deck is kind of being under um underdrawn from or right. or actually it could even be a situation where sometimes a deck gets drawn from a whole bunch and you look at what's left in that deck and it's all juicy stuff yeah you know that is definitely a i i had a game i had a game recently that i won essentially because i was able to get dyson sphere <laughs> in the last round uh-huh. on my planet i mean i didn't win it because of that but it certainly made it a lot easier for me to get that and i was praying for dyson sphere yeah so i've been in a lot of situations where scan link delivered to me that one thing that i needed because at the end of the day it's about the size of the deck that you're drawing from that's how you determine your odds if there are five cards left and one of them's good that's not the worst odds right. for Twilight Imperium that you're going to get that good one. So sometimes you got to take that 25% or whatever, that yeah. 20%, I should say, in the terms of, of five cards, that is. Right. In in the olden days of this show, we talked about a concept that we just randomly called Hunter's Law. And I've seen comments a lot recently or people in the Discord asking what the heck we're referring to when we say Hunter's Law. And what we're referring to is Sarween Tools mostly above all things, which is to say Sarween Tools is that kind of tech that has sort of a known economic value. It gets you mm-hmm. sort of this much every single round. It should happen automatically. It, it right. just is a thing that produces value. And I would posit that ScanLink is Cody's law. Cody is the big proponent of, you got to gamble to make this game actually winnable. You have to just try chances, and sometimes those chances don't work, and sometimes they do. Absolutely. And so the two laws are in conflict with each other, and one says reliable known quantities, and the other says roll the dice and see how high they hit, basically. Yes, they're in conflict, absolutely. <laughs> There's no way to play a to game both. where you do a little bit of one and a little bit of the other, Matt. That's definitely not... Well, okay, you, It's either all, yes. all roulette mm-hmm. or all very safe boring. Tell me about all the games, Hunter, where you researched both Sarween Tools and ScanLink Drone Network. Well, there's a lot of things that are like Sarween Tools no, that that's are true. not Sarween there are Tools. Other Sar- there are point. other Hunter's Law things that are not Sarween Tools. I agree there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Our next tier is Graviton Laser Systems. Requires one yellow tech. You may exhaust this card before one or more of your units use Space Cannon. Hits produced by those units must be assigned to non-fighter ships if able. Uh, I just don't see this researched ever. Extra starts with it, and they are generally the only person who has it. Um, it's because you exhaust it, so it's only used one time on a thing right. that is a dice roll that may achieve nothing, basically. Yeah, I think it comes into play every once in a while yeah. as an interesting option. It's not like you don't build a strategy around it, no. but sometimes you're you're sitting in the late game as Mentac and you went kind of PDS2 heavy and then structure objectives came out so you had to get even more PDS where all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to win this game. I'm going to throw in a Graviton. Yep. And that's going to... that's I, I had a game, I had a game uh, this year that came down to Graviton and it... It it helped, yeah. it, but it also depends on like what you're going up against. I I had a game 
recently where someone was considering getting graviton and then they looked and they were like oh my god nobody has any fighters right. anyway like <laughs> exactly. it just wasn't a fighter heavy like map so it was like well i guess that's gonna do nothing yeah um i was playing as titans in that game so i think that kind of tells you what like titans doesn't need to fly around with right. fighters they have sustained damage on like all of their units yep. so yeah. yeah it's the kind of thing where you can look at the board presence and know if it has any value but there are those games where it denies cheeky business right yeah because uh, it, yeah. and that's the thing too is it's the same it's that kind of tech where realistically you probably never use it but it sat there and acted as a deterrent to the people that mattered right i'm Absolutely. sitting adjacent to nalu nalu's plan is to have one carrier and a ton of fighters and come at me with that and think they're going to win or their flagship and all fighters right that's their plan and just by getting graviton i can essentially deny that entire strategy but it's like that's a whole thing right that that you have to yeah. sort of plan for that now i i will say in a new Codex 3 world where Nalu's good again, I don't know, maybe Nalu's neighbors should more often consider it because Nalu is is coming to tables a lot more often than they were before this uh, recent boost to their power. But even then, we're talking about a, a second yellow tech of which most people are sort of not going for, although we'll talk more about that. There's, there's reasons to have two yellow techs, uh, so I don't know. But let's actually talk about the other one requirement yellow tech to sort mm. of settle that debate because the other one is predictive intelligence. At the end of your turn, you may exhaust this card to redistribute your command tokens. And then a second ability, when you cast votes during the agenda phase, you may cast three additional votes. If you do, and the outcome you voted for is not resolved, exhaust this card. Uh, Dane broke one of his cardinal rules with TI with this uh, ability, which is to say you have to remember stuff <laughs> with it. You yep. got to remember yep. that you used the three votes, and then if you lose the thing, you have to exhaust this card, which then means you don't have access to the redistribution because you can't exhaust it again later. Right. So basically, right. don't ever use the votes unless you know it's a lock and you need Absolutely. the votes but if you know it's a lock why do you need three votes it doesn't make sense but that first part of the ability uh has some sort of fleet logistics type qualities and by that i mean predictive intelligence can win you the game uh one of the things hunter mentioned earlier is a very common strategy in the late game is the leadership stall and if you're going right. to get leadership stalled out it might ruin all of your chances well if you mismanaged tokens or whatever and you just have tokens in the wrong spots you can sometimes avoid a leadership stall by mid-round redistributing your tokens getting them in tactics where you need them or maybe you have to really quickly do it to get them in strategy so that you can do the secondaries you have to do right there are situations where predictive really really saves your butt in a final round scenario you're probably not using it every single round but there's lots of times where if you, for some other reason, just needed a second yellow and you did Sarween and you're not really leaning on Scanlink, predictive is probably your best bang for your buck second yellow tech to get, basically, because it has some possibility of a benefit. Yeah, it's a little bit weird, though, because it's like it, it does feel like, again, it's really good that you liken it to fleet logistics where it can be like a lifesaver. But it's very hard to know. Yep. Like, it's actually, it's a little bit worse in Fleet Logistics yes. in this way. Because I feel like a lot of the times you can sort of see the opening for Fleet Logistics. And you're like, oh, this is a game where if I get that, I'm going to ha maybe have this chance. Yep. Um, predictive is more like, I'm going to get this. And I really don't know if I'm going to need it. <laughs> like, like, hopefully I need it. Yeah. I'm not really sure I, I have a way to, to know that this is going to come in handy. But 
those times that you get it and then it does come in handy, you feel like a genius. <laughs> You're like, I would have gotten really messed up if yeah. not for this predictive intelligence. Thank yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. It's such a weird tech in that way. But right. yeah, it's it's pretty good. It I kinda wish that I wish the green tech could like match this level at least yep. of like, yeah, it's not you know, it's not blowing my mind, but that could be really important right. in a very specific game, right. you know? Yeah. It's so weird to me. That th I mean, again, imagine if it was like predictive was in the green path and it's like, oh, I can redistribute my tokens and then I could get hyper to gain more tokens, which means that redistribution yeah. okay. is even more valuable. Like these yeah. texts could have mm -hmm. had this sort of synergy, but they're both so deep down opposite paths or whatever that it's just like, I don't know when you're going to have both of them, basically. Um, let's talk about the next level. Transit diodes is our only two requirement tech here, and it is you may exhaust this card at the start of your turn. During the action phase, remove up to four of your ground forces from the game board and place them on one or more planets you control. So you get to just like scurry around four ground forces. That means even yeah. more these days. That's mechs. Sometimes these mechs position really matters if you're like, I don't know, Empyrean and you need to be adjacent to people mm -hmm. to sabotage stuff or like mm -hmm. you gotta get necro mechs into new spots to go with the flagship or something or I don't know. There's lots of situations where like anything needs to be in a lot of places and uh, I think the most solid case for transit diodes are the situations where you have to go even deeper and transit diodes does genuinely feel more reliable than anything else so far in the tree, which means it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I get my one yellow Sarween, I skip to transit, that's my two yellows, now I can use my two plus the yellow skip I still have to finally get my mirror computing or my quantum yeah, data sure. hub node, right? Mm -hmm. That's it's my mm -hmm. skip to the three. That's when transit diodes kind of makes sense to me. I rarely see transit diodes as like the last yellow tech you got, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I love it so much, though. It's yeah. like one of my favorite techs in the entire game. I love that it has more functionality in POK. I, you know, I wish I had more games where... I was able to pick it up. Yeah. Um, sadly, that's just not, it's just not, it's just a little too deep, you know? Yeah. Um, and while I think yellow is better than green, um, for sure, I think yellow is actually pretty good. It's actually a pretty good, it's, these are decent. It's doing you know? fine. Yeah. Um, transit is just a little tough where I pretty much, yeah, I pretty much need um, to be playing one of the factions that has a juicy yellow faction tech. Yeah. And then this is something we're kind of throwing in in addition, right. which is, you know, I, I love, you know what I love having it with is my old Sardak. Yeah. Um, cause it's just so much fun in conjunction with Gama Mama to be able to just kind of move my infantry around in the, just the precise specific way that I need to, in order to Gama into God, I just wish I could play Sardak every day. <laughs> you know, I, why do I have to play? Why do I have to play all these factions? I just want to play one. You know, why can't the game just be one faction? Yeah. I played, I played a game of Sardak last year and I won, I was streaming it and recording it and I won that game and I was so sad because I was like, oh, I won. I have a win as Sardak recorded. Uh, so that will be useful for the YouTube so people can see like, here's what good Sardak play. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it's pointless for me to put up a game where I'm like, well, I messed up. <laughs> I don't feel like you're going to learn much of me just like being grumpy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, I, I, I got that. That'll, that'll be good. And I was like, well, I, I guess I won't be playing Sardak for a while. And I was just so sad. I just, I was like, 
why don't I, I mean I, I don't think I and it was like it was a great game yeah. too. I mean it was just like a very wild game and I made you know I, not to toot my own horn but I did the right thing and then it paid off and it was good yeah and it, but it was just such a bummer you know I want you because, to live Hunter live your truth just play just play more Sardak it's okay I don't I don't know it, it seems <laughs> It doesn't seem like that's the job, you know. I wish that was the job. We make the job. I, You're your own boss. I sir. just, but I, I have principles, you know. I have just this idea that the job needs to be about learning and playing all aspects of the game, mm. not just like the ones that I really like, yeah. you know. But imagine, how imagine is. how good of an episode you can make out of like the super, super Sardak guide, you know. Yeah, just I don't think, even know that. I don't even know if I could start writing a Sardak guide right now. I think you're I'd gonna start make like a never you're gonna end. make the six hour treatise YouTube essay on Sardak. That's that's your next required yeah, project. Six hour YouTube essay about Sardak Noir <laughs> and why they're the best Twilight Imperium faction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, transit. Man, uh, let's it's, finish. It's cool. Let's finish our yellow uh, talk with integrated economy. This is a big one. This is this the is the final one in the yellow tree. After you gain control of a planet, you may produce any number of units on that planet that have a combined cost equal to or less than the planet's resource value. This is a really confusing one sometimes because you yep. want it to be, you want to believe it's like a production uh, value thing. Like my favorite thing that I used to want to do is build yins flagship just like kind of out anywhere because i thought it was like as long as it's got one i can build one unit it's not that it's the, the total cost is how much of things you can build which means this is really useful for infantry and fighters right because they're cheap cost and so i can get a lot of things down which then has some sort of actual like momentum uh value to it although i have to have the capacity for the fighters so that's tricky so then it feels like mostly an infantry thing and then it just, it's hard to, this this so late in a yellow tree that we're talking about getting this in the mid to late game after all of your early game expansion has been done, which means like how many planets are you actually even taking? All that said, there's like still crazy vocal proponents for this tech uh, saying like it's a, it's a great way to sort of build a strategy around and especially if you can get it early, if you have like a double yellow skip or a, a yellow skip that you're able to get to really fast or something. Um, but I, I've never, I've never felt the value myself with it. I've never felt it. I think those people are just joking around. To be honest, <laughs> I think they're just pulling our legs. I'm kind of tired of. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing about it. I, I to me, integrated economy. Somebody's just got to put the money where their mouth is and just yeah. show me right. a game where integrated really popped off. Because right. I think it's just one of those one of those abilities that's written into the game. And it, it got kind of over nerfed before it could really be useful. Yeah. So it's just not. I mean, it, it. I I feel like it's for a different game. This is this ability would be good for like not Twilight Imperium. Right. That's that's my evaluation of it. Uh, Twilight Imperium is not a game where combat is frequent, so yeah. we have a constant need to be replenishing. Yep. Combat happens. When it happens, and it's generally not the same player fighting over and over and over. Right. And it, economically, players can't afford to do that anyway. So right. they need like more money for right. this to even kick in. And this doesn't even have a Sarween Tools. Exactly. Like 
integration. That was going to be my biggest issue with it is it's in this tree where once again it's denying itself synergy. If this, if Sarween tools just worked on produce, there are situations where that might be sort of nasty. Chaos mapping is kind of crazy or whatever. Integrated economy would be crazy, but it's once again similar to our x89 complaints. Why not? Why doesn't it get to be crazy? (laughs) Like what's wrong with this thing being really really good? At least then it would finally entice me to go this deep down this tree to get it yep. that's its whole core problem is is there's just no there's no true earned value out of it i gain planets exhausted so i'm not using any new money so i have to already have had access to the money to build the stuff so sometimes you might just have no money when you do this planet right. taking especially because you do most of your planet taking at the end of a round when people can't respond the whole reason we're stalling is so that the last thing we do is take planets to then do stuff which means we've spent our money on like a lot of our other builds and tech and leadership and all of that stuff so like how much money do you even have access to at this point are we burning all of our trade goods on this no we're saving our trade goods for stage twos uh so the whole thing's in conflict with itself it has some synergy with transit diodes right i could build those infantry right as soon as i take them and then next turn transit diodes them back somewhere else to then go somewhere else i see that oh matt come on you're working too hard i'm working too hard because both of those are so deep in the tree it's it just don't let them don't let them (laughs) do that to you (laughs) don't let them put you in the lab and make you start mixing up like (laughs) lotions and potions okay don't do that all right can we just say that it's not good. Here's the problem. If you have Maw of Worlds, you got... Well, first of all, I mean, maybe you're a blue tech faction, which you're like most of them are or whatever, so you're, you're just going to get light wave, so maybe right. you don't even want light wave. Well, the other problem is we got Assault Cannon on the menu, we got War Suns on the menu, we got maybe even Duranium Armor on yep. the menu. Uh, these are things that are just kind of always going to make more sense to grab before Integrated Economy. Yeah. Now, I don't know, maybe, maybe you get Maw round one and you think like, yeah, I'm going to get some use out of this on every planet that I expand to. Whatever. And there's a round one custodian's take. God, now y'all got me in the lab. <laughs> yeah, stop it, Hunter. Leave me alone. If I wanted a yellow tech off a of maw, I would literally take transit diodes over this. Transit diodes is going to have more use in my game than, than this is going to have. Yeah, transit diodes is real good. And I can use that every round on something interesting and unique. And yep. it just gives me a lot of maneuverability i wouldn't have yep. otherwise you know all right we got one tree left it's red baby uh and then synthesis time for synthesis yes uh, first up in the red tree is plasma scoring when one or more of your units use bombardment or space cannon one of those units may roll one additional die uh yeah i still i like plasma scoring i continue to like it Especially from the standpoint of when I need a red tech, I we're going to talk about AI dev in a second. And there's a lot to say about it. There are situations where sometimes I don't need AI dev, especially if it's the thing where I just like have to get a red tech in the late game or whatever. I would rather have plasma scoring. Getting an extra bombardment roll is helpful. Sometimes if I'm a space cannon faction, it's going to be helpful. It helps that plasma scoring is on the path to PDS. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So in, in that way, there's a there's an inherent synergy uh, beyond that. You know, it is what it is. It's it's adding some dice, which means it could just like whiff all game long, whatever. But I like it more than things like Graviton. Yeah, I I think it's OK. I don't know. I I would take AI dev most of the time over it just because AI dev has 
you know, that sort of, I, I can use it every round except for when I don't have any unit upgrades and I'm not going <laughs> to research anything besides AI dev. That's the only time that it bothers me. Yeah. So generally I hate getting it like round one. Um, but then there's a lot of times where you have to get AI dev round one. Plasma scoring though, I don't know. It, it's tough to say that this tech is good. I think most of the, most of the factions that like kind of make a case for it, start with it yeah, anyways. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know why you need it. Basically <laughs> I wouldn't be getting it on like Titans, for instance, I right. wouldn't be getting it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know who I would pick it I up I think with. that's it's the tough. big, the, the biggest talking point there is, is that researching plasma maybe doesn't ever make sense, but like, I love having it on Barony. Of course, I love mm -hmm. having it on Muat. Like, it, it, yep. I, the, at the world, you know, I like having it on Argent because I probably decided to start with it. Right. But all, yep. in all yep. of those situations, that it that it's already there. I just already have it, and we get yep. to move on with our lives. And it's just yep. nice to have. But yeah, you're you're rarely going out of your way to actually research it anymore. Yeah, uh, I think so. And that's because it's up against AI development algorithm. When you research a unit upgrade technology, you may exhaust this card to ignore any one prerequisite and when one or more of your units use production similar to sarween tools you may exhaust this card to reduce the combined cost of the produced units by the number of unit upgrade technologies that you own which means this tech makes your builds better and better the more unit upgrades that you get which yep. if we live in a world where we're really only doing one build per round which is quite common Maybe a, maybe like one round in there you're doing twice warfare and then another build somewhere else or whatever. But I think generally mm -hmm. we think about it as like I'm gonna make sure I do like one build at a forward dock per round. In that world, obviously Sarween is just the one dollar per round then, whereas AI Dev right. is one dollar this round and then maybe one dollar two dollars next round and then maybe three dollars right. next round. Now that's not inherently true, right? Because we also have to exhaust it to to upgrade to get the unit upgrade or to skip the unit upgrade. Yeah. But we're not skipping to the unit upgrade every single time. A lot of the unit upgrades are quite shallow tech requirements, which means we're not using AI dev only for tech skips. We we are bouncing back and forth. So not only is AI dev kind of a nice little economic trick, maybe in your last two or even three rounds, but it's especially great for that early dread two. Uh, a clever way to get to carrier to little things like that. There's like, there's weird goofy things you can do. And all you have to do is invest one red to get it. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it has the kind of the security of knowing that I'm going to get something. I already expressed what the only thing I don't like about it is researching it. Round one means that you don't do anything with it. Right. You know, unless you're double tacking round one, which I mean, how often is that the case? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's good. It's going to get you something again in the late game. I like that it has the early game utility. And then once we're even done with tech, it's also going to get you something. I mean, you know, you might have three three unit upgrades in some games. And that means like you're going to get a real cheap build yeah. in the late game. And possibly maybe even that's your way of like building just infantry at home to protect your home system. Once you've locked the win up is just via AI development algorithm. Um, yeah, I dig it. I think it's a good tech. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of special utility for a lot of factions. It's definitely made Cruiser 2 uh, more doable for so many factions. Yep. Uh, it's made it where people can get a little away from blue. There's This is like, I think, the main tech that has actually kind of shaken up uh, the kind of dogmas from um, base game. Yeah. There was a point where we were talking about this and Psycho as being like, 
Psychoarchaeology might be the thing. AI development might be the thing. I actually like AI dev a little bit more. I think AI dev has more reliable output and, yeah. and helpfulness. Now, obviously, Psycho will have, you know, the special circumstances where it's actually better than AI dev. Yeah. But AI dev is probably going to get used a lot more by me and your average game yeah. um, than Psychoarchaeology will. Um, it's also handy. It made Destroyer 2 also better, right? Because the yeah. only thing you need is AI dev because it's a red by itself and then can skip yeah. another red, which makes Destroyer 2 so deliciously uh, good to get as a like, oh, the so-and-so just built a ton of fighters. I get to react to that. I don't have to plan for Destroyer 2. That's what always hurt Destroyer 2 before is like I have to like very specifically go for it. And now mm -hmm. it's just like I probably can just get AI dev and then in any given round, I can decide to turn Destroyer 2 on and have that as a reaction to someone going hard on fighters or whatever. Um, right. So yeah, to, to that end, I, I think AI dev's value has has really, really shaken up the game um, in in good ways i mean we even make sometimes cases for like very strange tech paths that specifically go an ai dev route just to allow sort of a little bit more versatility than the normal uh tech path would would let you go um combo Absolutely. it with combo it with tech skips as well too and you can like do all sorts of crazy stuff i mean the the wildest things you see are an ai dev into red skip into war suns like round two or whatever right that's mm -hmm. impossible without ai dev so it's it's a pretty big deal tech and if you're just looking for something to get round one and you really don't know where else you're specifically going, it's really not a bad option, even though it's not getting you anything specifically good round one. It probably will get you stuff good later. Yep, I agree. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's I think it's the star of uh, it's the star of the Red Tech show, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Next up, uh, similar to our X89 problem, we have an, an Omega Mage and Defense Grid, uh, and it's the same sort of timing, it's the same sort of problem, which is to say Mage mm -hmm. and Defense Grid Omega came out before POK with sort of the assumptions of POK not in place. Uh, so Mage and Defense right. Grid Omega is at the start of a ground combat on a planet that contains one or more of your structures, you may produce one hit and assign it to one of your opponent's ground forces. Um, in base game, that would have been like a huge ability because like... Yeah ground combats is a numbers game straight up and down and to just like us to take out one of their infantry before you roll dice that that's great uh nowadays like you got mechs in the mix it's kind of a problem um that said this majin the only time i get majin is exactly this late game jolnar i just am swapping out a red tech for a different one and I decide to get Majin because I've got structures all over the place and it means my planets are even more threatening for someone to decide to try to take from me. That's it. That's like right. the only time right. I've researched Majin since any since POK has been released. Yeah, I personally, Matt, I really think that we need to switch back to regular Majin we should. just for Arborex. Yep. So let me read you regular Majin <laughs> yep. from before Omega and you're going to hear why this would be great for Arborek, or not great, but it, it would get used. Arborek starts with Majin is the whole point here, because yeah, Arborek's yeah. not researching Majin, so which of these abilities no, would you rather just, just start the game yeah. with? Which of these abilities would you actually find use for? Um, the one Matt just read, or this one? You may exhaust this card at the start of a, gr a round of ground combat on a planet that contains one or more of your units that have planetary shield. Your opponent cannot make combat rolls during this combat round. So they just sit out completely for one round. Yep. Okay. You get free 
hits on that, and I want to remind you <laughs> that the Arborek has a mech that has planetary shield. So they could actually use this. It's almost. And honestly, what's stopping us? I know. Like, do we? Can we retire Majin Omega? Right. It's not good. We I, don't need it. I. It, I think we can yeah, retire both of the Omegas. Both of the Omegas were designed before POK as mm -hmm. a stopgap to improve both of those techs in the base game scenario where they were useless. But then POK right. was developed with not the Omegas in mind. The Omegas were clearly made, like, after POK, right? Sure. Or whatever. Yeah. I, I can't even think about the order in my head correctly. I get what you're saying, it, it, Yeah. These POK, they gave Arborek Mech's planetary shield so that old Majin would work. There's no other reason to give them planetary shield. Why have we been playing shields. with Omega Majin? And you know what? I'm, I, I'm a little torn. I, I, X89... I have Whatever. no idea. Sure. I don't know. But can we switch back to old mage? And I'm being serious I right think now. We can, can we just do that? Like, I think, I think we just should say that we're doing that. All right. <laughs> I'm not trying to flex like our powers or anything here. We, we are two very minor human beings uh -huh. with a low level of influence in this board game that, you know, not most people don't care about, but some very weird perverts do care about. <laughs> okay. And I love these people. And I just want to say, uh, I got a gavel right now. Plop, plop. Yeah. Old Majin is back. Yeah. Okay? It's I time. declare it so. You weren't using Omega Majin. I right. saw you not using Exactly. It. So guess what? <laughs> we're taking new Majin away from you, and we're reinstating old Majin because that will help Arborek. People say we don't do anything for Arborek on this show, and they're liars. <laughs> Because I'm doing something for Arborek right now. Old Majin is back. Omega Majin is dead. End of story. I don't want to hear any arguments. Okay? Up next is self-assembly routines. After one or more of your units use production, you may exhaust this card to place one mech from your reinforcements on a planet you control in that system. Also, after one of your mechs is destroyed, gain one trade good. So, your mechs cost $2, but they have a refund policy of a trade good later on when you use them. And you get them for free, so really you're not even spending the $2 on them because you get one per round for free. You only have four mechs, so the economy of self-assembly routines is really weird because it's just it's like, oh, weird. I already got all my mechs out, so I guess I'm not using this ability anymore unless I just, like, start throwing my mechs into combats for no reason. Um, it's very strange, but obviously it sits in this world where it's sitting next to crappy Mage and Omega that nobody wants, and if you need to go deep red for some reason, which you really need to go, and you have a red thing that skips for the good red unit upgrade or whatever so like you're not doing it for upgrade purposes at all yeah but in yeah. some world where you need to go down red you're you're getting self-assembly routines instead of majin but i think that's where my plasma scoring argument comes back like i would almost rather yep. get plasma and ai dev over self-assembly routines here but there's some people i mean it's like Cabal loves starting with this right this is so useful yeah, to have sure. just started with it's cool but but mm -hmm. going out of the way to research it just feels a little funny. I do think the economics are there, though. Like, I think the money makes sense. Two mm -hmm. bucks per mech that you build, and then if they die, you get some money back at the end of the game. Like, it, it financially, it kind of works. I just don't know what I'm going for to go that deep into red, like, in that way, basically. Well, you, you know what I, what I really like about it is that it's the after. After yeah. one or more of your units use production. So this is not taking up a slot yeah. in those precious, you know, your precious production capacity right. is not hindered 
by this. That is the key. That is the reason that it is useful sometimes. Right. Now, I have researched it a handful of times since POK came out, and I have liked it. I don't know that it's ever really made the difference between me winning or losing a game. I think I got it on somebody that was quite strange and liked it. Oh, I got it on Barony one yeah. time on my way to Duranium and NES because I... For some reason, didn't need AI dev. I'm not sure what's up with that. Uh, maybe I would. Maybe I got Dread Two for free from Jolnar or something like that. Or I had a yellow skip. That's that's all I can think of. Um, <laughs> I uh, I I remember actually kind of liking it in the case of Barony because you're plopping out. You're, so you're not actually using the self assembly part. You're plopping <laughs> out the Dunlane Reapers for free, and then they get killed, and then you make money and you plop out more. Right. <laughs> So well, and, really and Barony too has the the commander. So it sustains gains a dollar, dies yeah, yeah, gains yeah. a dollar, and then you respawn it like for those same dollars. I guess, and it's just like a yeah, free. I may have been, it recycles I don't itself. Know. Who I, knows? I think I was I was just jaking around or something. <laughs> I don't know what my deal was on that day, but I do remember doing that, and I think I had a good time. Maybe yeah. I just did it for fun. I mean, you shouldn't do stuff for fun, right. no. listener. No, 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 no. But no, no. Uh, no, 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 no. This is serious time, serious talk. Yeah. Uh, we got we got an invitational coming up. Uh, or the, actually, it's already happening. Whoops! I uh, just gave away when this was recorded. But uh, first, game, first game's out. Loved it. Oh my god! I can't believe so and so won. So crazy. Game two and three are are coming at you. Get ready. Yeah. Uh, check it out. But uh, but yeah, self assembly routines. I've gotten it once. I thought it was all right. It's. I think it's probably about as good as like predictive. It's probably right. around there. I think that's fair. as far as value. Yeah. Uh, next up in the tree, uh, we skip to the next level. Two red requirement is Duranium Armor during each combat round. After you assign hits to your units, repair one of your damaged units that did not use sustained damage during this combat round. So yeah. in the situations where you got a lot of dreads and you feel totally safe to just sustain them like crazy, Duranium Armor can work quite well. Uh, Duranium Armor is, of course, a classic barony tech choice uh if mm -hmm. you're going duranium non-euclidean shielding because you sustain two damage then gain those back it's it, great it it's really real synergizes good. outside of barony it's a little bit trickier but there are scenarios where you get it in the late game because you know a, a tech agenda popped off you don't know what else to specifically get and duranium sort of i don't know fits in with what you're doing or whatever you don't see this one too much, and when you do see it, you see people misuse it. You see people forget to use it. Uh, that's the thing yeah. that I know quite mm -hmm. often happens. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting Duranium, like, remind yourself that you have it, I guess. Uh, I've seen too many combats lost when they should have been a win because the person forgot some critical uh, repairs of their damaged units. But I don't know. I, I've certainly gotten it a, a, hand, a few times. Um, it's also one that like can work on Titans because Titans just has so many units with sustain yeah. that that I mean it can really it's a good extra tech you know to go for it's a good win more scenario but uh, beyond that it's just tough to get to. Yeah, I uh, you know I think it might be cool to get it. I I'm thinking about going all red Arborek. Yeah. Now that we've uh, now that we've changed Arborek, now that we've changed Majin back to original Majin, <laughs> uh, which is something we did uh, historically that happened mm -hmm. here on this show, and I will hear nothing about it. Yeah. The other great fun for Duranium uh, that got better is it is uh, during each combat round after you assign hits to your units. I'm noting here it says yeah. units. It does not say right. ships. Of course. Uh, we have of course. these wonderful little ground forces these days that uh, guess what? They sustain damage. Uh, and also, guess what? 
This is in a path with SAR. Hey, there's there's synergy here, dare I say. Uh, Uh, And Hunter, in your your old Majin world, what about we start with Majin as Arborek, we get SAR for free mechs per build so that we're not worried about production capacity, and then those free mechs sustain damage with Duranium armor, and then we gain money when we kill them to then build more things. Oh, Ah! Red Arborek, it's (laughs) happening. It's coming. Are you ready for it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Can you dig it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nah, Duranium Armor's cool. Uh, let's talk about the last red. It's Assault Cannon. Yeah. At the start of a space combat in a system that contains three or more of your non-fighter ships, your opponents must destroy one of their non-fighter ships. Uh, now, this, of course, they get to choose. There's a similar tech to this called Dimensional Splicer that Ghosts can do, where Ghost gets to pick the target, but they just assign a hit. They assign one hit to your things. In this situation, the defender gets to choose what gets hit, but it dies, which means if you somehow, like, jump on a dread with three units, you just kill the dread before the combat even starts, right? Yep. Uh, so Assault Cannon... It's so deep down this tree that we rarely see it because people aren't just like researching right. all the way down, down red. But Hunter, I think a couple times has brought up Maw of Worlds kind of loves this tech because mm-hmm. if we're really thinking about Maw of Worlds as like, I need something deep just to get the value of it. Integrated doesn't really work. X89 doesn't really work. Transit's cool. But Assault Cannon like can just like straight up work, especially if we went blue tech in general. Uh, yep. And, and we're, we're investing heavily in like carriers, fighters, and then a couple support ships. Like we're just sending destroyers with it or something. Assault Cannon scores that hit. You do It's a great little combat tech. I mean, Assault Cannon is, you know, the second best level three tech of all the generics. You got Light Wave yep. and then you got Assault Cannon. Right. And then, yeah, I would say the other two are distant, distant from these two. Right. Uh, yeah, Assault Cannon is a good cherry on top kind of tech. It's a good like... All you got to do is have three ships, and guess what? You have three ships, right. so that that barrier for use is really low. Now, is, is it always critical? No. I mean, a lot of times defensively, ends, it ends up just killing a destroyer. But as far as choosing targets go, you can, you know, decently often get some solid value yep. out of using assault cannon or just winning easy fights is, I think, really what it can provide. Yep. Like, I love sending, you know, trash at like a single dreadnought and just getting to win the battle for free just because right. I sent like two destroyers and a cruiser. Yeah. And I'm just like, yep, I'm going <laughs> to clear that space there and then we're really going to go at it, mm-hmm. you know? That kind it's of a, it's also it. notably a great one for Necro. Um, if if yeah. you can somehow, I mean, how are you getting access to it? I don't know. Maw of Worlds is the best thing. But if you get Maw of Worlds, like that's a Necro auto grab basically because Assault Cannon means I just throw stuff at you. I get the tech right there at the top of the uh combat and can maybe yep. even use it within that combat it's just it's it's really quite good so yeah uh the the story of red tech feels like like a semblance of synergy right whereas yep. green mm-hmm. and yellow felt directly in conflict with themselves in most situations red actually has uses ai dev does a lot of things uh if we're making a case for old Majin. Old Majin kind of plays with at least Arborek mechs, but especially like Duranium, uh, uh, self-assembly routines on the mechs. Those two things make a lot of sense. Um, it's the Warmonger tech. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for more synergy. Of course, I wish there was like a, a red combo that really, really did work, but all of the techs are good enough to warrant opportunities where you go down that tree sometimes it's just rare that you go really deep down them but like 
I mean, AI dev is basically the red tech you get, and then sometimes you get more red tech. Yeah, I think uh, I think red is probably. I would actually put red and yellow on about mm -hmm. the same level for me. It's like blue is obviously best, and then red and yellow are kind of back and forth. Like yep. I think I think AI dev is like a better tech than like anything in yellow, but I think yellow has more individual techs that I'll make like a case for. Right, if that makes sense. Right. Like plasma, I think is just okay. Majin is obviously bad. Self assembly routines is like real specific, mm -hmm. and then duranium and assault cannon are are pretty good. But those are deeper. Like it's like you get less points for having good deep tech. Right. With any uh, but like between Sarween, Scanlink, and Predictive, Sarween and Scanlink are I think are actually like pretty good. Right. In most situations, Predictive is occasionally like a game winner. Right. Um. Which I, I compared self-assembly routines to predictive earlier in this episode. And I want to take that back. Because self-assembly routines is like, is nothing like predictive. It's predictive way weirder. can actually change your late game in a really decisive way. Yeah. Self-assembly routines is more like a Sarween tools, but it's like so specifically geared into one particular thing yeah. that like there's only a handful of factions that I feel like can e I can even imagine getting some use out of it. Yeah. Just so happens there are a lot of the cool ones, though. <laughs> uh, let's talk about just like unit upgrades in general. We've talked about a lot of these already, though, right? The cases yeah. we've made already mm -hmm. are Fighter 2 is good, right? I can I, not yeah. only do I let my fighters move independently, but it's low cost. It requires a blue and a green. I like blue tech. If I have a green skip, I can just get that really quickly. And that's usually what yeah. I'm looking for. I'm not looking to research a green just to get fighter two in fact if i have to research a green i probably just don't go fighter two that game unless i'm a faction that absolutely requires it but like there's not very many of those the factions that require fighter two are like soul and nalu and guess what the green tech is handled like we're done we already we already have those mm -hmm. requirements so you know fighter two sort of just makes sense carrier two is a two blue requirement and it's movement on things that carry a lot more things to do more things. And so then right. it's just a part of that blue tech milieu. It just works, baby. It's just good. Uh, yep. And then good. one step up from that is Dreadnought 2. So very often what happens is the world where we're in the blue tech world, we'd love a yellow skip to get Dreadnought 2. But again, yep. similar to Fighter 2, researching a yellow skip, I mean, researching a yellow tech to then get Dreadnought 2 very often uh, makes it too far out of our way to have time to get. Although sometimes it's still worth it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Destroyer 2 we talked about with AI dev. That's the main world where I see Destroyer 2 researched these days is literally just AI dev straight into it. Um, mm -hmm. Outside of, I guess, Argent, right? Uh, Argent has like a, a whole other thing they get to get away with. And then we have the rest of the techs, basically. Yeah, the weird ones. <laughs> the weird the ones. ones we actually need to talk about. Right. Yeah. So, Infantry 2... Uh, we've talked, uh, Hunter <laughs> said earlier, we'll not talk about it anymore, but we'll talk about it real quick. Green tech's no good uh, across the board, and yep. this one requires two, and what does it get us? Well, your infantry hit one better, and then after this unit is destroyed, you can roll a die. If the result is six or greater, place the unit on this card at the start of your next turn. Uh, place each unit that is on this card on a planet you control in your home system. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, 
that's bad because of mechs. <laughs> mechs have made that exactly. pointless. Yeah, I basically. mean, even even the plus one to combat, that used to matter, right? The plus one to combat was like, whoa, that's a game changer when we're talking about raw numbers. But just like mechs, yeah, mechs negate all of that use, essentially. And, and mechs just chew through infantry and they sustain damage and they've negated the need for this tech, especially when it comes to the opportunity cost of being forced to research two green techs, which you don't want to do. Yeah, it's really just that green tech in general has made it where getting infantry two is just not really going to be worth one of the tech that you get this right. game. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about nope. it, though. I just feel like it's been outclassed um, and it just doesn't really have a, a place anymore, which is sad. And and actually, there's a lot of faction tech that have been affected by this. Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, we used to kind of like Latani two for Arborek, and that has like kind of gone out the window. Yep. I also find that like Soul don't really need Spec Ops two no, anymore. Like that just seems like kind of pointless. Yep. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of a weird weird situation with them. Yep. Uh, PDS two, uh, of course, improves the uh, hit of a PDS's planetary. Or I'm sorry, a space cannon from six to five. So now you're mm -hmm. hitting at a sixty percent chance. But more importantly, you may use this unit's space cannon against ships that are adjacent to this unit's system. This is where you build PDS grids. A single right. PDS, like in a system that's just a PDS-1, that's whatever. That just sort of exists and it protects that one planet. A network of a handful of PDS in within your slice, that's like a thing, right? That's that's four yeah. shots. That's five shots of PDS with some faction. You know, pla this is where plasma scoring can come in handy if that's the, like the one thing we're going for is PDS mm -hmm. two, and we don't need the the AI dev to skip to it. Plasma scoring goes great with this because it's just adding shots to sort of the protection grid. All that said, it's you know it's it's a one time shot at the beginning of combat. It doesn't necessarily get us anything. The big thing with PDS two is it's kind of the only way to score turn their fleets to dust. You like have to have. PDS2 to actually get enough shots in any mm -hmm. one given spot to score that secret. So sometimes you're just like, I have to just go for it. But more often than not, if I get turned their fleets to dust, I might just try to redraw a new secret uh, rather than uh, invest any energy into going that, especially because PDS are locked behind construction, which means I'm like limited to how many I can even get out and how fast I get them out and all of that. So it's, it's a pretty limited thing. So I don't know, PDS2... Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Depends on the faction. Some factions love PDS2 because of their other abilities, basically. Yeah, I I feel like PDS2 is like kind of a necessary evil type yes. uh, upgrade. I don't really want it, and I end up getting it more often than I, you know, want to admit. Um, you know, there there are, you know, you've got your PDS factions, which I would say there's like Golnar and uh, Argent. Argent. Yeah. That's it. Right. I I, I kind of feel like that's kind of the end of the story. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's not like extra doesn't have a use for PDS. Right. They can use them if they want, I guess. I mean, you can do that. It's just um, a weird it's, investment. It's, it's sort of viable. Yeah. Um, Mentech can sort of use PDS. Yeah. But I really feel like that's, we're already, we've gotten to our fourth faction. <laughs> and it already kind of feels like it sort of dries up a little bit. Yeah. As far as the utility goes. But just because I say that, there's going to be a lot of times where people have to get PDS too because of that dang old turn your fleets to dust. And yeah. there, ain't, there isn't a way around it. It's literally a secret objective that is just like, get that tech yeah. now also, and then use it. Sometimes you get structure uh, base objectives, right? You just get public objectives where it's like have a bunch of structures outside a home. Yep. And it's like, mm -hmm. if I'm going to have these PDS and I have an extra tech to spare and I need a third unit upgrade too or whatever, it's like sometimes PDS just finds its way 
into your planet. Yeah. It's so cheap. It's a red and a yellow. That's so often the three unit upgrade thing just necessitates like, well, just get PDS2 as well because it's, yeah. it's sitting right there in it's front of something. you. It's something. Yeah. It's something, right. you know. Uh, yeah, it you might use it once. Right. So. Uh, next up is Space Dock 2, uh, a thing that in recent episodes I feel like we're really trying to make a case for. We really want Space Dock 2 to work. So Space Dock 2, the benefit <clears throat> that it gives you is essentially Space Docks work the way they work, but this unit's production value is equal to four more than the resource value of this planet. Uh, so you sort of like almost double your production value on where you have these space docks. And if you combo mm -hmm. them in systems with multiple docks, you know, that's that's eight by itself between two docks and then anything you get from the production value of planets. So I don't know, like a big time production capacity increase, but it costs you two yellows. Yeah, for some reason, I like this and I might be crazy, um, <laughs> but I, I actually am coming to the place where I, I think. I think Space Dock 2 is cool. Yeah. I, 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 every time I get it, I'm glad to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, and and I, I feel like maybe the science doesn't check out, but you know what? Let's leave the science aside. Let's just talk about my feelings, okay? <laughs> One of the things that really grinds my gears about Twilight Imperium is that that dang old production cap. Yep. And when I have Space Dock 2, I, like, I just know I'm building more stuff yep. than my opponents. Now... Does it mean I want to research the two yellow in order to get Space Dock 2? No. But have I used AI dev to pick up Space Dock 2 a surprising number of times over the last year? Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> did I regret it? No. Yeah. I never did. It's, it's, I mean, people say it's a bad tech. It is a bad tech. But you, but you get to use it, and depending on when you're getting it, yep. maybe it is helping you win in some way that's hard for us to pin down. Yeah. If you're making more stuff, you probably better. You probably better. Yeah. Here's you the probably thing. better. Here's here's how I'll word space talk too. We just talked about PDS too. Sometimes it's a thing you get because you need a third unit upgrade. That's true for space talk too. For a actually surprising number of factions, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, yellow tech a bit more when we talk about faction techs in a minute. And the reality is, there's a number of people that end up going yellow and. Mm -hmm it's hard for them to squeeze in other stuff, which means like they were able to get like PDS two and space dock two and cruiser two or like, or like right. dreadnought two carrier two and space dock two. Some, something weird like that inevitably comes up with a lot of factions. And that's the situation where you're not, you're not upset to have gotten it. It did actually end up helping you. And it was that upgrade you just wanted to get because you're trying to fulfill stage twos. It's important to do that. That's the whole thing with any of these upgrades is at a certain point, you just need to be getting them because it really sucks to be caught out in round five without three unit upgrades. And then nobody has incentive to take tech, including you, which means now you can't get the three unit upgrades. So you might as well make a point to research three unit upgrades before you know if it's going to matter because most unit upgrades are good. You're going to have at least two of your three are probably going to be pretty good. This is the other reason AI dev is great because we like have an incentive to just invest in upgrades. They improve our units. They're worth points. Bada bing. Um, and Space Dock 2, sometimes it aligns with everything else that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good, but it's probably not... <laughs> <laughs> and we can't really put our finger on why it's it just makes us feel good. Yeah. Okay, will you just give us this just point? Give me this one. <laughs> just give us this one. Okay. We got one more tech to talk about. We've yep. saved the best for last. <laughs> this tech has never been doing better in the history of Twilight Imperium, in my opinion. It's true. Time to talk about War Sun, 
which finally is having its its day in the uh it's having its day in what's well, it's having uh it's having a day <laughs> it's having some sort um, of a day <laughs> having a day in the uh something uh and anyways war sun it's here we love it um it's it's good for like two or maybe well it's like two factions yeah but there's like two factions that use war suns now <laughs> besides muat that's pretty great <laughs> We've got extra war sun, yep. and honestly, Mentech war sun is becoming way more normal to yep. me. At this point, I do not bat an eye at Mentech war sun for sure. Um, obviously, we could also mix in a little bit of Hakan war sun as a possibility, but Hakan war sun I feel like comes out less and less. Like yeah. it's just, just that's a little too much tech to get. I'm, I'm, I may as well go blue. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got, I start with the blue. I may as well just get more blue tech as Hakan. There's the goofy than, uh, Argent or Sun uh, argument, but I don't know. I don't see, you don't see it. Argent just likes to stay shallow in the tech, but uh, I mean, you could get AI dev and then immediately qualify for it. War Sun. So whatever. I've seen it. You got to have the economy. That's always That's the it. question with War Sun is do you have the money to build these things? Right. So we need our big money people, our, uh, our Jolnars, our, uh, our Hakans, our Mentax, our extras. Yep. The ones with the really good economies to make it happen. Empyrean, if they, for some reason, get Ma or get Muat to give them the promissory note, is a great War Sun faction yeah. if you can swing it, right. you know? But, yeah, it's just got to be money. Yeah, War Sun requires three red, one yellow. So it's got the most requirements. And, of course, it's it's basically made a down red path, which makes it, like, tricky to afford those were those prerequisites. Yep. It's not a path mm -hmm. we love going down. Uh, AI dev makes it doable. Exactly. It's doable. It is doable. And what you get is a unit that costs $12 at once. And yep. that's, it's hard for people to just have $12 lying around. The argument always goes, I can have $4 three times for three dreads and have eight uh, HP, or I mean, sorry, six HP uh, in, in, a, in a combat, three dreads each with sustained damage. Or I can somehow have acquired those $12 to build one single War Sun uh, and it, it can't ever gain the ability to not be direct hitted. So War Suns are a whole other conversation. We've done episodes just purely dedicated to War Suns. You can go refer to those if you would like. Uh, but as a tech to research, it's just incredibly deep down a path that's hard to go down, which is why we only see this small select number of factions choose it. Yeah. It's so fun with extra though, because yeah. I mean, like, extra's just in a <laughs> you're burning a money. Place. <laughs> yeah, you're just burning money, anyways. Like, you just need you. You practically, you know what? I'll say it this way: extra needs war sons, because <laughs> otherwise they're just leaving so much money on the table because yeah. they're so filthy rich. Yep. You're gonna get every one of your command tokens out of your. This is if you unlock the hero. Obviously, you don't unlock the hero, then it's kind of just whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's. It's cool. It's 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 real cool. Um, it's a great, you know, it hits it's three on a three, buddy. It's got it's got bombardment three on a three. It's got six capacity. It's a great yeah. unit if you can afford it and very few can. But those that can, I you know, it just it's becoming way more commonplace to me, yeah. you know, that that to be actually a a, a fact. And that's great because it took us so long to get here. Yeah. In base game Warsome was just something people argued for all the time, and it never, ever really made sense in a repeatable way. Yep. And now it's like, you know, I feel like it's like every fourth game, there's like a Warsun faction yeah. happening yeah. to me. I yeah. agree. Yeah, you, you see them surprisingly often. Um, and even, even though sometimes, too, you don't see them as an offensive unit, it's hard to get them out in time to then do something with them. 
But as a de defensive unit, they, they can work. Like, they can just sort of lock up your home system and then you avoid the worst of a wind slay or whatever. Um, so there's situations on, on all fronts. Um, I wanted to take some time real quick to talk about tech skips uh, just because yep. it, it feels important in a tech episode to break down these tech skips. So, of course, the framework we've laid is... Blue tech is just good. You like barely have any reason to skip blue techs because there's just so many options of good tech to go ahead and get. And most of the techs, there's not like a huge reason to, to skip to it. You don't need it that fast. The only argument would be like gravity drive. But in a gravity right. drive scenario, we're actually literally only talking about round one, in which case we're not talking about tech skips, right? Because almost no factions can use a tech skip round one because you have to acquire the planet and you get it exhausted. And we're probably not diploing, although sometimes you do. Anyways... Blue, blue tech skips, not that value, but what's interesting about blue tech skips is across the board, they're on the minorly cheaper, they're in the middle of the pack in terms of like what planets actually have tech skips. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a 1-2, a 1-3, a 1-1, and a 1-1. That's relatively cheap. The Archon Veil blue yeah. skip, like you're, you're not using that one very often without Psycho or whatever, but the other ones... There's a, you know, you could, you could convince me to skip to carrier two or to skip to gravity mm -hmm. drive or whatever with any of those. It feels cheap. Um, the, I'll, I'll skip to the yellow ones here because they're sort of the same argument basically, which is to say they're relatively cheap. A zero two, a one zero and a one two. Uh, that's great. There's also Semlore and we're not using the Semlore tech skip almost ever. Right. Uh, but right. whatever. The other three are pretty cheap and Yellow is very specifically in that camp of more often than not, you only need one yellow tech. You need one yellow tech for Cruiser 2. You need one right. yellow tech for Dreadnought 2. You need one yellow tech for PDS 2. Like those are all three mm -hmm. things that you can be going down other paths with to then squeeze this in. So yep. blue and yellow skips feel in a similar camp to me where the only difference is that blue, you kind of just like researching the blue tech and yellow, you would like to use the skip actually. But economically, they're of the same value. It's our other two skips that are telling a very vastly different story. Uh, I want to start with green skips here because I referenced this earlier. I think green skips are hilarious because green skips are by far the cheapest. There are three 1-1 one, one planets with green skips and one zero two mm -hmm. planets with green skips. Mm -hmm. And I still almost never see people use green skips except for <laughs> fighter two. It's like, it can't be easier to use. And we're still right. just like, yeah, but what am I going to get? What do I even need? There's this right. is all useless tech. Mm -hmm. It's that tech tempo problem. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to get a tech that's not useful. If, if I'm getting any useless tech, I want it to be something that's getting me to something very good. Yeah. And there's not besides fighter two green tech doesn't help you get to anything that useful. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the last one, and we've always talked about this, this was true in base game, and what stinks is it stayed true in POK, actually, is your red skips are on a 0-4 and a 1-3, so they cost you command counters, basically, and then the, the additions are a 2-1 and a 2-0, so two resources you're also missing out on if you have to spend a red tech skip. Uh, so mm -hmm. all of these are rough. Now, the other saving grace to all of this is we also have explorers that can add uh, tech skips blue green and yellow can all show up on industrial planets which across the board are still cheap which means we yeah. can get a lot of other cheap blue green and yellow skips whereas red is almost always still like a one three or a two zero. there's very few just like cheap worthless red 
uh, um, hazardous planets, I should say. Mm -hmm. And that's where our red tech skip can show up in the explore deck. So unfortunately for the red tech tree, the other reason to all of this, that deep red tech is so rare, is the skip is just such a costly endeavor to go for. If if yeah. if we had a couple one one red skips, I bet you'd see way more assault cannon and duranium armor. Right, but yeah, it's just like it costs too much to use it. It's the opportunity cost is keeping you out of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough uh, on the whole red skip front. Um, I think the the reason AI dev is so great is it's allowing us to kind of get away from the tech skips on planet thing. Obviously, psycho is another way out. But the yeah, we I mean I don't know how many ways I can say. Uh, green tech is just skippable in general <laughs> like just 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 don't get any and yeah. that's also okay yeah you know yeah so. and, and and then one final argument to all of this to sort of just solidify things we, we said we would talk about faction tech and i don't have a lot to say but i did collect the numbers no we're gonna no i thought we were doing every single faction tech oh yeah, yeah we have to read every, every so we're two and a half hours in let's go ahead and read <laughs> all of the faction tech now it'll just take another no, three hours no 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 no, uh -uh. no 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 this episode's almost over okay uh faction tech uh we found an interesting thing here in just breaking down the numbers um so first off i just wanted to, sh to say it this way now i'm including unit upgrades in this and unit upgrades yeah. of course are just the same as their standard unit upgrade counterpart so advanced carrier mm -hmm. two is also two blues just like carrier two is but in terms of faction tech, we have 10 blue faction techs, just in general, right. 10 things that need mm -hmm. at least one blue. We have 10 red faction tech. We have 15 green faction tech. So a little bit of a boost up. There's a little bit more need sometimes for green tech. Now, the question is how many of those green faction techs are any good? And I can think of three off the top of my head that are trash. So, yeah. you know, yeah. not really a fear. Four, five, they're, they're coming to me faster and faster. The more I think about them, they're just, even the faction techs aren't very good. And then yellow has 20 faction techs. And the, the the award for most uh, requirements most requirement types is the double yellow two yellow requirement has seven faction techs assigned oh to it boy. so add in transit diodes there are eight total techs that need two yellows uh and mm -hmm. there are two that need three yellows that are of course two of our favorite techs in the entire game yep mirror computing and quantum data hub node and <laughs> there's five yellow single requirement faction techs so even excusing unit upgrades that is an astronomical number of faction techs that just need like a yellow or two and then you have your two yeah. weird factions that want to go deep yellow but that's the other reason why these yellow skips are like so critical or also like what i mean especially the the two yellow is what makes that argument of like get sarween or get scanlink and then skip to the juicy stuff because a lot of those two right. yellows are good as well yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think it it's really what illustrates the whole like you've got blue up top just overall, and then I think red and yellow would be on the same level, except for more often than not you're playing a faction yep. that has a good yellow tech that they want. Uh, Mentech obviously their faction tech is all yellow. Right. Jolnar has a good yellow. 
Uh, Hakan has uh, Quantum Data Hub node, which is a great yellow. We've got Argent with a great yellow. Yep. Uh, this is all off the top of my head, too. I'm not even looking exactly. at it right you now. You just can think uh, of so many great yellow techs. Now, Hunter, name for me a single good three green requirement tech. <laughs> Mageon. Mageon. Mageon and end of list. You got Neurogalade. Is Prefab? What is Prefab? Prefab green is three greens. So Prefab uh, is pretty good. Pre prefab. I'll take it. I'll take I'll take Prefab. Uh, the two greens is where it gets funny. How many good two greens are there? Produ production Biomes is out of favor. I, know, I don't think I know any two. Yeah. Green. Well, I half don't think of I them. Name any two green. There are five two greens. Half of them are Spec Ops two, Latani two, and Bioplasmosis. Oh. All three yeah. of those okay. are trash. <laughs> and then what production biomes, which we don't really use anymore. No, no. no. And is Void Watch two green? Nope, that's one green. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Genetic recombination is one green. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what else is out there, but uh, it, it must be bad. If I can't, I mean, this <laughs> is my whole life. Is oh, just, you know what it is? <laughs> is it Yin Spinner? It is Yin Spinner. Yin Spinner. Yeah. Yin Spinner's kind of okay. Omega Yin Spinner these days is is it's fine, I guess. Sometimes it's pretty chill. Yeah, it's pretty chill. You got to get like other it. greens to get it, so that's but you don't you don't necessarily have to, right? You you have a yeah. commander that's a green skip, and then you get another green skip. Maybe you're lucky, and that's that's your pathway yeah, I, to Yin Spinner. I don't think I made a case for it in the yin episode yeah. but i still like it as an idea right okay right. i wish i felt like it was good but i did have one i played one game with omega yin spinner where i focused on that yeah and it was really cool i had infantry everywhere and i lost real bad you know <laughs> but, had, but hey i had oh, oh what a good time so many though. infantry yeah and yeah. then i just like did not lose that game or i did not win that game and i wasn't even close to winning it <laughs> Um, but I, oh my God, I had so many infantry. That's really cool. That's uh, really cool. You know? I, I love that the story the faction tech stuff tells here is yellow makes a case for itself. And it's a beautiful little balance too, right? Blue and red are pretty good generically, which means we don't mm -hmm. need to make them good in factions. It would be annoying if there were 17 really good blue faction techs. Then we would never do anything but talk about blue tech. Right now, yeah, we at I least know. have a case for yellow, but hilariously, green still just, just completely falls short here. The, mm -hmm. the 15 green tech just are not enough. Um, a lot of them are a single green requirement on factions that start with a green tech as well. That's another really funny thing that happens uh, decently often is you're not actually going down the green tech path at all to get your one green faction tech. You just can afford it at any time that you want to. So anyways, to wrap it all up, uh, blue tech, huh? Blue tech's just the one, ain't it? Well, I mean, honestly, when you, when we break it down like this, I do realize like, you know, yellow and red are not that bad. Like, they're really not. They're, they're pretty decent supplemental. It's, it's yeah. really the way if, if, if I were to try and draw a conclusion for our guide to technology, is like, yes, it's really funny to just say like blue tech only, mm. but I, I more think of it like this, like, with most factions, unless they have some sort of way out, um, as in like there's something like Argent or something like that, um, blue tech is like your core. Yes. And then the supplements are like in yellow and red. Right. And generally speaking, green is only for um, Isarl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like green is for Isarl. All right. Stay out of green unless you're Isarl. All right. And then everyone can play with blue. Um, with unless you have some sort of way around blue, yeah. okay, um, and then yellow and red are those texts you're kind of kind of cherry picking yeah. for this particular instance. Like you, you need 
this right now. Except for yellow sort of has the edge in that way because we always probably need a yellow skip. Not right. not always, always, but with a lot of factions, you are gonna need it at some point. Yep. So there you go. That's what that's how tech be played. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's I, how the tech be played. It, it and is, you will you will get anywhere between four and fifteen tech per game. Right. Buckle up. <laughs> four and fifteen. And you know what's funny is within this, the one thing we didn't talk about, uh, because it just it just doesn't feel debilitating anymore, is that two and two color uh, and especially two and four color. We talked about upgrades, so I feel good that we like made an objective focus sure. conversation about upgrades. You do need to get upgrades, but these days, it feels like everyone is able to just do two and two, right? I mean, that just sort of can happen. You're always mm -hmm. two and one and one and another. And then if two and two comes up, all right, I'll get that other one. It's fine. It's going to be fine for me to get that second yellow or whatever. Um, but it's like you have two blues and then you have a yellow or a red. And then if two and two comes out, you get a second yellow or red, depending on which, which one you had. And then we all write off two and four colors except for Jolnar and Necro. And that's yeah. it. Absolutely absolutely and yeah i think i think after listening to this episode you can probably do well okay so you listen to this episode and then you need to listen to every single faction yeah, episode yeah, right. to get like the little bit of the particular faction stuff right but after like what i mean this one's two two hours plus this is like two and a half hour episode yep. and then each of those episodes are probably each like around two hours so that's 25 50 hours 50 hour 52 50. So like 56 like hours it, like 56 you could probably hours get a good handle on tech after like 56 hours of the Easy. podcast yeah. like and then you like probably will at least have be you'll at least be beginner level mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. with tech mm -hmm. now obviously we're the we're the dumb dumb podcast so you need to go like out into the community if you want like <laughs> to learn why integrated economy is actually really good uh -huh, bro uh -huh, okay uh -huh. now we're gonna tell you it's bad but like in the secret cabal of of hardcore twilight imperium players they'll tell you how it's actually good they just can't show you like yeah. no one's ever seen it be good right but trust but it me just it's is, good man because it, it worked that one time for me you know what the real takeaway of today's episode is it's time for old majin Bring it back. Yep. We're done. We're yep. done with new Majin. We don't need Majin nope. Omega. It, yep. it served its purpose for about three months, and then POK came out, and it's time for old Majin again. And that is the See? only thing I care. I, I'm I'm instituting. I'm telling the Invitationalists, old Majin is in. If you want to play Arborek, which you don't, but if you want to, but you don't, but if you want to, it's old Majin's baby. It's old Majin. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: people are going to complain because they're going to be like, old Majin is worse in a vacuum than than Omega yes. Majin, but. You can't use Omega Majin, <laughs> so it it you're, it's not being used. I've taken nothing away from you by making yeah. this decision. You yeah. have lost so, nothing. You haven't lost anything because you're not using it. But I'm just <laughs> saying, let's at least use Old Majin with so that Arborek yep. can use it. I'm not even saying it's going to help their game. Yeah, they're going to get to use it right. though, y'all. Like, right. if we just have them use it, and then maybe something will come of that yeah just something you know i'll advocate for x89 as well just so that mahawk can I'm use fine it just with to it. see it I, why not i'm fine yeah i'm fine with retire it. Maybe, yeah. those two omegas sure. and move on sure i you gotta do want to thank our weird bears big al cappuccino squeam machine brassford and jadim jedi carnal john necro dies twice kindred spirit alice lord raddington old man gi bagels and lashevsky sunfax absol ricky m44 rys wecker and wh chismar and i want to thank mama's lovely larva Patience is a virtue. My son is also named Borton Nerfzerg. Baldrick, Tautology is what it is. Frank G. Rekha, General Pith, Uncle Baddie, Savant, 
Teddy's Jam for you and Vince. Yeah. Um, any homebrew guild uh, news, it, Hey, you're coming buddy. to me at an awkward month. Hunter and I's weekends are gobbled up by the Invitational. Mm -hmm. I will do my best to get a homebrew game happening right after that Invitational. But honestly, then we're in December where there's lots of holiday things. I'm going to try. I'm going to try real hard. It'll probably be like a weekday game or something awkward. And um, I apologize in advance for that. But let's get one on the calendar uh, probably after the Invitational. Yeah. All right. Galactic Council. Uh, we got two December polls. You get two December polls, and you already know about them from last week's episode. Hopefully, yeah. Um, they, I'm sure I'm, they were talked about. Last they've been week, up for right? a, they've mean, been no. up for a couple weeks. They, this, this is the third episode in a row we've heard about these polls. What really? Yeah. Am I? I'm crazy. I must be crazy then. Um, so here we go. Um, there are two that are already up. Your first one is about what Twilight Imperium based council episode we will do in December. Um, your four options are Matt and Hunter improvise the Twilight Imperium faction again. We do it again yo, a second time. Yo. Matt and Hunter improvise a new relic deck. Um, Matt and Hunter have a Codex 4 wish list. And Matt and Hunter pitch a new board game in the TI universe. Right now, Codex 4 wish list is winning. And I'm good with that, so yep, I'm not going to push fine. for any other outcome. <laughs> um, second poll, I mean, unless you, please vote. You know, get, get your votes in. Yep. But it looks like Codex 4 is happening. Um, cause people just like that. Um, so your other option is we do an, uh, an episode in December about a game that's not Twilight Imperium. However, the theme is all of these games are board games, which that's fair. And they're all science fiction board games, which that's fair. So it makes sense that they are, that we're asking if you want us to talk about them right now, sidereal confluence is winning. That's your first option. Your second option would be we go back to Dune, okay, to complain even more. Yep. <laughs> um, third would be we play Arcs, which is the new Leader Games game. Um, and then fourth option is Cosmic Encounter. We don't even know how to do that. Now, right now, Sidereal Confluence is winning. I don't... that These are all great options, except for Dune. Obviously, that one sucks. But uh, <laughs> these are all good options. So I'm kind of down with anything. So yep. I will say this. If if the Dune and Arcs people make an alliance with Cosmic Encounter, it could be Cosmic Encounter. Yeah. Okay. You could do that. And, and if y'all want to, uh, unless unless everyone's just fine with Sidereal Confluence, which of course I that's am. That's cool. I have know? to actually learn Sidereal Confluence. Whereas Cosmic Encounter, that's just a Christmas present for Matt. So if you want to, yeah. you want to give me a Christmas present, you can just do Cosmic Encounter. No, no, no. Don't say that, Matt. They don't want to give you a Christmas. Well, present, I know, but Sidereal Confluence. So you know, they don't. No, I know that, and also I know that they're already going to do Sidereal Confluence, and that's fine. So I'm happy yeah, to. Yeah, I'm excited to play Sidereal Confluence. Too. I think it's a cool game, and I'm excited to learn about it. Yeah, you can rate this podcast on your places of choice: uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, today, right now, mark the calendar. I'm not saying iTunes anymore. Who uses iTunes Nobody in 2022? Yeah. Why did I ever... So I've been saying that for five years, and that stopped being used in 2016. I, why, yeah. do, why am I saying iTunes? I don't know. Uh, iTunes died with the iPod, which who's even seen one of those in years? So I'm yeah, sorry, everyone. Exists. I'm sorry for wasting breath on saying the worst program that's ever been forced onto your computer and you were forced to use. We all need to just move on from itunes 
Apple yeah. Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to this thing. Give us a rating. It makes us feel good. Make your five-star rating say, death to iTunes. Get it out of here. I'm done. Five stars. We're all glad it's in the ground. Uh, also, you can go to our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, for information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, all of that stuff. Come join in on the community. Come do stuff. Come vote on Galactic Councils. Come hang out on the Discord. It's free. You can just do the Discord. You don't have to be on the Patreon to be in the Discord. Get in there. Come on. The link is on our website. You can send this Imperium Life stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. This episode is two hours and 45 minutes long. I am not reading you a story today. It's time oh, for yeah, us to go. No story time. Last thing I just want to say real quick. We yeah. are smack dab in the middle of the Invitational. Yeah. And you got to check out this weekend. You got two games or three games oh my god it's three. the biggest weekend the big of the weekend. invitational yeah you got three games coming right at you you got you, you got a game on november 18th which is friday starting at 1400 utc i i don't remember what that is in normal time <laughs> <laughs> uh then you got another one coming at you on november 19th at 1600 utc you got one on november 20th at 1100 utc uh game one is out on the youtube yep. either already or coming to you very soon yeah. um it was a great game Boy. although i don't know anything about it i can't believe um, that thing happened with uh uh where deft piper and planet earth uh punched each other in the actual physical faces they actually started physically whoa. fighting and shorty five five had to stay it was crazy you have to you, you got to go watch it on the youtube shorty five five stepped in and was like Listen, everyone, come on. We have to calm down. It's it's everything's gonna be fine. We just have to come to some sort of summit. On I I know that Planet Earth put Imperial Rider on the four of Ixthian, but that doesn't mean we have to resort to physical violence. And Def said, "I'd rather be caught dead than allow this sin to go unpunished." You know how creepy it would be if because we were recording this before that game. Uh -huh. So what if they do all those <laughs> things that you just said? Like if that had happened. <laughs> That would be so creepy, Matt. Like that would be like magic stuff. I hope that'd be like that'd be like some better call Saul. You're like you're pulling one over on me kind of thing. You and everyone around me are organizing this weird messing with me thing. Uh you're all pulling off plots and stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of scared of it. Um, you know, you could rate our podcast. I know Matt already said that, but maybe it'd be cool if you said that something like five stars, you can eat like two meals <laughs> during this like because you could eat you could eat like a whole thanksgiving dinner and we wouldn't even be halfway through an episode like that's some real value you can eat your whole dinner during yeah. an episode of this and still have plenty of podcasts to go mm -hmm. you can shower in the morning you can dinner in the evening cook your whole turkey cook your whole turkey <laughs> for thanksgiving <laughs> Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>